episode of History of FMW. My name is Amanda. I'm Brett's wife. Uh, Steven reached out to Brett a few days ago and mentioned that life right here, right now for him um, has just picked up with work and for him personally, so he asked if Brett could continue on without him. So that means you are stuck with me today, so we're going to just go ahead and jump right on in. Brett, can you start us off and review where we last left off in 2004? So in 2004... Um Ganoske and Kanemura had completely split. They were running two separate promotions. They weren't getting along anymore. They were no longer talking. And so Kanemura is running the Apache Army, which is uh, a brand new promotion following the Fuki Army closing down. Um, he was able to get sponsors um, that were willing to pay for a couple Corrigan Hall shows. But other than that, he's having to promote the shows himself. Uh, Mr. Ganoske, his sponsorship has kind of pulled back a lot over the last couple months into, in 2000. Um, they had to. Uh, they took a six-month break, and now they've started back up, and they're running a lot smaller buildings. They're not bringing in that big of names or spending that much money because of all the money that was spent prior um, the couple of years with um, with Ganaske in charge with uh, the sponsor. And so right now, going into 2005, there's two separate companies that are um, both kind of struggling in different ways, um, and they are completely uh, separate companies that are rivals right now. Right now with one another so it looks like january 2nd big japan ran a show at corrigan hall to start the year off can you tell us about it so um i mentioned last episode about takashi sasaki he uh was he signed a full-time contract with apache army left ddt uh in place because he would be able to get uh better uh, better and more bookings so he was working zero one through the apache army at the end of the year and um at the in december he started working with big japan he worked the yokohama bunka gym show and so um now going into january 2nd big japan is actually going to push him as one of the top guys in the company and so this match uh, was Kanemura and Takashi Sasaki against Ryuji Ito and Shadow WX at Corrigan Hall. Um, the attendance was not good. Um, you know, nowadays, especially around the early part of January, uh, the, sh the show is packed and there's a lot of foreigners that are coming to see the show at the, around the New Year time. Not the case in 2005. The attendance was not good. This is a pretty empty building. Um, and this is also Takashi Sasaki's first death match. Uh, Kanemura and Shadow WX, uh, they brawl on one side of the building, and uh, Ryuji Ito and Takashi Sasaki, they brawl on the other side. Well, um, Ito ends up climbing up the wall of Corrigan Hall and diving onto Sasaki in a spot I've never seen uh, since. And just moments later, Kanemura, he ends up doing a dive off the entrance ramp, uh, sending Shadow WX through a table. Um, they get back into the ring, and uh, Takashi Sasaki ends up sending Shadow WX into a barbed wire contraption, and Shadow WX ends up getting stuck as a result. And then uh, Kanemura ends up trying to powerbomb Shadow WX through a barbed wire board, but Shadow uh, would end up getting away, and he ends up hitting a brain buster through the barbed wire board on Kanemura in instead. Uh, Shadow WX would end up powerbombing uh, Takashi Sasaki on a barbed wire board, and Ryuji Ito ends up placing the barbed wire board on Takashi Sasaki, and he hits a dragon splash for the win to get the pinfall over Takashi Sasaki. Well, then right away, Hito and Jintaro, they rush into the ring and attack Ryuji Ito, 
and uh, Kanemura ends up getting on the mic, and he declares war on Big Japan. So um, Apache Army, they're going to be working with Big Japan, and um, they're going to be feuding with them. Kanemura has declared war, uh, the Apache Army, against Big Japan going into 2005. So three days later, Ricky Pro runs a show at Corrigan Hall as well. Uh, featuring Ricky Choshu versus Kanemura as the main event. Can you go over that and the stipulation on the match? Yeah, the stipulation of the match was the winner gets the Apache Army. Uh, you know, Kanemura has been feuding with Ricky Choshu throughout 2004, and Ricky Choshu pretty much every time gets the win, besides the very first time at Kawasaki Stadium on May 5th, uh, where Kenimer we got a got a tag win over Ishii. Um, since then, it's pretty much just been Choshu destroying the Apache Army every chance he could get. And so now the stipulation to this match is that uh, the winner gets the gets to be the leader of the Apache Army. And so um, right away, Kenimer charges at uh, Choshu, and um, during this match, Choshu ends up bloodying up Kanemura. Uh, there's a spot where Kanemura just charges right at Riki Choshu, and Choshu just punches Kanemura right in the face. Um, and like I said, this is pretty much a squash. Kanemura gets a little bit of offense in, but uh, eventually Choshu would end up finishing him off with a lariat. And so Riki Choshu pins Kanemura, and now Riki Choshu is the leader of the Apache Army. And Kanemura goes, you know, I, I gave you my word. You're the leader. So Kanemura, you know, gives the, gives the title of leader to Ricky Choshu. Well, the rest of the Apache Army does not agree with that, does not like that. And they attack Kanemura right away. Hito just jumps Kanemura right away in the ring, you know, pissed off that he's letting Ricky Choshu be the leader of our group. No, they're not happy about that. Um, so essentially the Apache Army is now splitting up uh, where... There's the Kanemura. Kanemura is still technically a part of the Apache Army that Riki Choshu's in charge of. Uh, but then now there's this outside Apache Army group, which is Hito, Jintaro, Takashi, Sasaki. So now the Apache Army group has split up. Uh, Kanemura also does an interview afterwards where he stated that the reason the whole the whole feud with Riki Choshu started actually went back to 1993 when Riki Choshu criticized the, the Japanese indies, you know, Wing, FMW. He was critical of them as the b main booker and New Japan. And so Kanemura took that to heart um, and that's what started the feud 11 years later, just his hatred for Riki Choshu after those words were said. So WMF uh, resumes their tournament back on January 22nd at the Tokyo Battlesphere. What happened? Um, so, you know, this is a round-robin tournament, and so they're all facing off against each other, um, you know, one by one every show. And for, on this show, um, Onryo takes on Mema Sasaki. You know, Mema Sasaki and Mr. Ganesuke, they're the favorites of this tournament. Um, and so uh, Mama Sasaki, um, you know, he kind of had a slow start. You know, he missed a uh, match, and so he got an automatic loss there. Um, well, he's take so he takes on Onryo in this show, um, and they're brawling in the crowd. Um, and, I mean, the, it's just the whole thing about WMF is it's kind of sad. Um, I'll probably mention that here in a couple shows is, you know, there's some people there. There's probably over 100 people there, but they're quiet. It's just like this silent, quiet gym. And, like, it just looks cold and silent. And so they're brawling and just not, nobody's making any reaction. Um, Onryo and Mammoth would end up getting back in the ring. And uh, Onryo would end up hitting a Hurricane Rana. But um, eventually, Mama Sasaki would end up getting the win with the 29 years old uh, putting away Onryo. And then um, Garuda would take on um, Seiji Ikeda. And um, Garuda, you know, he's been battling some injuries the past year or so. Um, he had that horrible match against Ikeda um, on the last 
Corrigan Hall show uh, for WMF back in February. Well, he's a little better now. I mean, he, he's not horrible. Um, he really he does actually a cool tope during the match, but um, eventually Akeda would end up getting the win with a spine buster. With a, with a Arn Anderson spine buster. His whole gimmick is doing like Arn Anderson offense. So the next day, January 23rd, uh, looks like WMF continues the tournament. So what happens that day? So they ran again at the Battle Sphere on uh, the next day. Um, Mammoth Sasaki ends up taking on uh, Goemon. They end up brawling, and it's like I said, it's just this quiet crowd each time at the Battle Sphere. So you just see this brawl in a crowd, and just people are just looking on. Uh, Mammoth uh, would end up taking Goemon into the bleachers, and he tries to choke slam Goemon uh, through a table, but Goemon would end up going low. Um, the table actually would never end up breaking during this match. Uh, Goemon, or sorry, Mammoth would end up going for a Mammoth home run, uh, but Goemon would end up ducking, and uh, Mammoth swings the chair, and M Mammoth would end up, or sorry, Goemon would end up moving out of the way, and pretty much Mammoth hits the rope. The chair comes right back and just swings right and hits him in the face as a result, and Goemon ends up rolling him up, and so Goemon gets the win over Mammoth Sasaki, and so, again, you know, you think of Mammoth as the favorite, you know, but he had that loss due to that injury, and now he ends up getting upset uh, by going on in this match. And then uh, the main event of this show is Garuda takes on Mr. Ganosuke. Um, Garuda attacks Mr. Ganosuke right away, and he does a plancha uh, onto Ganosuke outside the ring. Uh, Garuda goes for an Asai moonsault, but Ganosuke ends up throwing a chair at him to break it up to where he would never end up hitting the move. Um, and eventually, uh, Mr. Ganosuke would end up putting a scorpion deathlock on Garuda to get out to get the tap out win. So Ganoski ends up getting a win. And I talked about how uh, last episode, you know, the first two um, shows, Ganoski took the loss. He's the other favorite besides the Mammoth. So he took the loss, but now he's on a winning streak. He's won about four matches in a row. So he's doing really well. He's now um, earned like eight points or so. So, you know, again, the whole focus of this tournament has been Ganosuke and Mammoth Sasaki. Um, and, you know, Mammoth's kind of struggling now. And go and Ganosuke, after struggling to begin with, now he's kind of caught fire in the tournament. Um, so what happened at the show Hustle held on February 11th at the Nagoya Perfectoral Gym? So Hustle, uh, I talked about last episode, they were a, um, a big organization put on by Dream Stage Entertainment. Um, and it was kind of like what FMW was at the end. It was a lot of um, entertainment type wrestling and, you know, uh, gimmicks and, you know, there was singing involved and um, just kind of wacky, goofy gimmick, uh, acting wrestlers act, acting goofy. That's what most people remember uh, uh, Hustle as. So... On this show, um, you know, Kanemura has now sided with Ricky Choshu. He's with Ricky Choshu. Um, so um, it's Kanemura, uh, Ishii, and Ricky Choshu against Tanaka, Tatsuhito, uh, Takiiwa, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda. Um, Kanemura comes into the ring um, to start the match, um, and he does the tea in no respect, and all these kids come with him. So there's all these kids following him to the ring, and they all do the team no respect dance uh, to start the show. Uh, Kanemura and Masato Tanaka would go right at it uh, to start the match. Kanemura uh, ended up taking Tanaka uh, into the crowd, and he ends up uh, doing a, a balcony dive, uh, sending Tanaka through a table. Uh, Kuroto ended up doing a lariat on Ishii, and uh, Kanemura would try to do a suplex off the table, in um, you know, off the table on a turnbuckle through a table, but Masato Tanaka would end up reversing it and sending Kanemura through the table instead. Um, eventually, uh, Takiiwa would end up doing a death valley, ba uh, death valley bomb um, on the table that's half set up on Ricky Choshu. That's like the big spot Ricky Choshu's willing to take is like a half table spot. Um, 
not full, you know, going through the table or anything like that. Um, Kuroda would then try to hit Ricky Choshu with a guitar, but Choshu would end up grabbing it and smashing it over Kuroda instead, and then Choshu would end up finishing off Kuroda with a lariat. So the Ricky Choshu, Kanemura, and Ishii team win. Um, you know, this is at this point, this is just kind of established, hey, Kanemura and Ricky Choshu, they're friends now, even though, you know, Choshu was made, uh, became the leader and Kanemura allowed him to be the leader and stuff. Well, Kanemura's gonna, you know, respect him um, he's not going to just be a jerk because he's forced to be leader. Kenner's going to be his friend, and you know they're teaming up and uh, winning as a result. So back to WMF on February nineteenth, they hold a show at the Tokyo Battle Sphere. Uh, what happens at that at that show? Um, so this show again, this is the day before the end of the tournament. So these are all the last um, like regular scheduled matches and stuff to kind of determine who's gonna get in the finals. And you know it's supposed to be the top two uh, out of the eight seeds, um, the two top uh, seeds with the most points they would end up advancing. So on this show, you know I've, I talked about Ganaske. He's won the last four in a row, so he's looking really good. Well, he takes on Onrio on this show, and Onrio ends up throwing powder at. Ganesuke right away and goes for the Onryo clutch uh, with Ganesuke grabbing the referee's hand. You know, that's usually Onryo's spot, but Ganesuke would actually do his his own signature spot by grabbing the ref's hand to prevent him from uh, hitting, before preventing the referee from counting three. Uh, Onryo would throw powder again at uh, Mr. Ganesuke and do an Onryo clutch. Uh, and try to turn it into a, and turn it into the six six uh, lock, and Ganesuke would end up tapping out, and so Onryo gets the big win. So this is again Ganesuke takes a loss, uh, an upset loss, um, after winning four in a row. Um, so he's not guaranteed a spot in the finals as a result. Um, and then uh, Mama Sasaki, he takes on Seiji Ikeda. Uh, they brawl in the crowd. Um, they end up doing. There's a, a really bad suplex by Akeda during this match on the ramp of chairs. It looks really bad. Um, and eventually, Mama Sasaki, he would end up finishing off Akeda with the 29 years old to get the win. And so this eventually sets up, um, as a result, Ganosuke, Mama Sasaki, uh, Garuda, and Soldier. They're all tied with eight points each going into the uh, the next show on February 20th. So there's going to be two playoff matches to determine who's going to make the finals of the tournament on uh, the last day. So the very next day, February 20th, they're back at Tokyo Battlesphere for their final show. So give us the rundown on how the tournament ends for WMF. So... Um, these they're going to be two playoff matches for the um, for the final spot in the tournament, and so the four four guys you know that have they're all tied up: Garuda, Soldier, uh, Mama Sasaki, and Mr. Ganesuke. They're going to face off against each other. Garuda is going to take on uh, Soldier, and um, Ganesuke is going to take on Mama Sasaki. So Garuda ends up attacking Soldier right away in their match, and he does this dive um, to take Garuda or sorry to take Soldier to the outside. Uh, Garuda would end up doing an Asai Moon Salt uh, during. There's commentary during this match and they're actually talking about how Garuda and Soldier they're going to be the next Hayabusa and Mr. Ganosuke and you know I can I could see why they were saying this but it obviously had ended up not taking place at all there ended up being nothing like their careers both Soldier and Garuda um you know had disappointing careers I would say uh com especially compared to Hayabusa and Mr. Ganosuke the really the only similarity is that they both kind of started up in the FMW dojo together um, but Garuda would end up climbing the top rope, um, and Soldier would end up climbing up, and he ends up picking Garuda up and hitting that BUU finisher he has, which is that Death Valley bomb off the top rope. 
Um, and then Soldier would end up putting a, a Garuda in an ankle lock and making uh, making Garuda tap out. And so Soldier ends up advancing to the finals as a result. And then Mr. Ganosuke and Mammoth Sasaki, uh, Mammoth attacks Ganosuke right away with a chair and he sends Ganosuke into the ropes. Uh, Ganosuke ends up doing this drop kick right at the chair that just ends up hitting Mammoth right in the face. Um, they end up brawling in the crowd. And this is an awesome match, by the way. Um, there's not that much heat, which is a big drawback, but this is one of my favorite matches of 2005 because they kill each other during this match. Um, so they're brawling in the crowd and Ganosuke ends up sending Mammoth into the stack of chairs um, outside the ring. They both pick up a chair and they end up doing the dueling chair spot uh, with one another. Um, and and then uh, Mammoth would end up getting a ladder out, out from under the ring and he hits Ganoski in the elbow with it. Uh, Mammoth then gra grabs a trash can and he puts the trash can over Ganoski's head. He hits uh, he ends up grabbing another trash can and hitting him over the um, head with the trash can. So he's like doing the mammoth home run with, with trash cans instead of chairs. Um, they end up fighting on the ramp of of the battle sphere, and Ganosuke would end up kicking Mammoth low and picks up uh, Mammoth for the fire thunder and delivers it on the ramp with Mammoth's head hitting the ladder. Um, and they end up brawling outside the building and got, uh, you know, and they did the same thing kind of um, back in December uh, when they fought each other uh, previously. But now they're back outside the building and um, Ganosuke now does a mammoth home run on Mammoth, but with a, uh, with a street cone instead. And um, they end up going back into the ring and Ganosuke tries to powerbomb him on a stack of chairs. Well, Mammoth ends up picking Ganosuke, and he just slams Ganosuke's head into the chair. And this is a brutal spot. Ganosuke is holding his head in pain. You could tell this really hurt a lot. Um, Mammoth would end up powerbombing Ganosuke on the stack of chairs. Um, Ganosuke eventually tries to fight back. He ends up get, trying for a Ganosuke clutch, but Mammoth ends up just grabbing his arm and just overpowering him and just throwing him um, across the ring as a result. And then pick... And then... Um, he ends up hitting a 29 years old and then puts the chairs over Ganosuke's head and hits him with the with the mammoth home run with the chairs, um, then hits him over the head with the chair and then does the lariat for the win. Like I said, this is an awesome match. It's just a shame the crowd just didn't really care too much about it. But it's an awesome match what Ganosuke was willing to go through for this um, for this match. And Ganosuke would actually end up having to go to the hospital as a result. They actually show footage of him, you know, his head's busted open from all the heavy heart uh, chair shots to the head. You know, his head's busted open, so they um, put they put him put him in an ambulance and take him to the hospital. And then you know, M Mammoth has just now been through this war. Well, now he's got to fight again. He's going to take on Soldier in the finals. And you know, Soldier had wrestled earlier. The match wasn't that hard for him compared to Mammoth, so he's a lot fresher. And so he goes right after. Mammoth. Mammoth. He sends Mammoth into the chairs um, outside the ring. They brawl in the crowd, and Mammoth starts fighting back, and um, he ends up, um, Mammoth would end up grabbing a ladder and ends up climbing the ladder outside the ring, and Soldier would end up knocking um, him off the Mammoth off the ladder, and Mammoth goes flying into the bleachers. Uh, Soldier would end up suplexing Mammoth on the ladder, and he ends up putting the, uh, the ladder over Mammoth's head in the ring, and he grabs this chair, and he just starts whacking the ladder that's wrapped around Mammoth's head over and over. That's kind of the signature spot of this match. Um, just multiple times hitting um, the ladder that's across Mammoth's head. And um, Soldier would end up doing a dive off the ladder, and Soldier tries to do the, D, uh, the BUU, tries to finish Mammoth off, but Mammoth still manages to kick out. 
Uh, Mammoth is able to fight back. He ends up hit, trying for the 29 years old, but Soldier ends up rolling him up and gets the win. So Soldier has won the WMF Round Robin Tournament. Um, there's no trophy. They weren't going to pay for anything like that. Um, and as a result of winning the tournament, Soldier gets a wish from WMF, and his wish is that he wants to bring over the IWC guys, these um, the Pittsburgh independent promotion that he had been working for before he came back to WMF in 2004. And so they're going to bring in uh, a couple foreign wrestlers here over the next uh, couple months or so uh, to team up with Soldier. So that's his reward for winning the three-month uh, tournament uh, that WMF put on. So earlier you mentioned Hayabusa. Um, how is Hayabusa during all of this? Is there any updates at all that you can give us about him during this time? Well, I may mention last episode how he, um, you know, he went, was going through a divorce at this point. Um, you know, there's big financial hardship. He had moved out of his house um, uh, due to the divorce and, uh, you know, he wasn't getting to see his kids as much and, um, you know, just a lot of bad things have happened. And I, I kind of wanted to just talk about this one, just kind of give a little positive because I feel like every time I talk about Hayabusa since the injury, it's just sad and depressing. But, um, you know, uh, I may mention how last episode how he got into music and so what happened how he got into music was um you know while he was on tour with wmf wmf would send him to do radio tours across the country uh to promote wmf and so he would go to these different radio stations you know he was a, a named guy that radio stations were would you know have on their show compared to any other uh, they weren't going to have any wmf guy it was just gonna be hayabusa and so that was what he did a lot of pr and while he was doing this pr up in sapporo he met a guy uh, Masahiko who uh, he was a guitarist and he had a band and you know he was actually a pretty semi-famous um, you know musician in Japan and um, he was on the show with Hayabusa while they were doing while he was doing a radio interview and Masahiko brought up hey you know have you ever thought about music and singing and so as a result um, uh, you know, I talked about last episode how Hayabusa ends up leaving WMF um, after they um, kind of go uh, they they weren't paying him at the end, uh, or they weren't paying him what they promised him, and, you know, they were cutting back a lot, and so Hayabusa wasn't coming back when WMF came back, and so he was kind of out without a job. So he's going to start touring and going doing concerts. Um, it's, you know, I may mention, it's they've he started up his own group, Project Hayabusa. It's going to be with Goemon also and Masahiko, and so they're going to be doing concerts across the country. Um, and Hayabusa ended up, this was something that he ended up really loving, and, um you know, he, they did a lot of, he, he had several CDs come out and, you know, um, it was something, it was a, somewhat of a successful second career, um, compared, you know, considering his limitations and what he was really able to do. Um, so this was a real positive for him and something that he really, you know, really loved. And he made a lot of good friends as a result, uh, up until the very end of his life. So it looks like in March, Kanemura promotes his own show on March 12th at the Chiba Bluefield. How was that? Well, I may mention how um, earlier how the Apache Army, you know, they were able to run Corrigan Hall, but um, and they, you know, they did a they did a tour in November, but not every month were they was the sponsors willing to put up money for this uh, promotion. It still hadn't really made enough money for them to feel comfortable to like be a full fledged running a uh, you know tour or running Corrigan Hall every month or um, so as a result. 
to get money for the guys, um, you know, the Shinjuku Sharks and stuff that are willing to be officially contracted with the promotion, um, Kanemura would run his own shows a lot. And so on March 12th, he runs at the Chiba Bluefield. So he's, Kanemura teams up with Ryuji Ito against Hito and Jun Kasai. Jun Kasai has now signed with the Apache Army as well. Um, and Kanemura, you know, I talked about it even earlier, just, you know, teaming up with uh, with Ryuji Ito, he had declared war against Big Japan and Ryuji Ito a part of the, as part of the Apache Army. Well, now that he's kind of on the outs with the other uh, members of the Apache Army, he's now siding with, the, with uh, Ryuji Ito and Big Japan against the Hitos, the Jintaros, the Takashi Sasakis, the Jun Kasais, the, the other guys that make up the other Apache army. Um, so uh, on this match, Kanemura would end up lifting uh, Junkasai over his shoulders, and uh, Ryuji Ito ends up coming off the top rope and delivering a bulldog on Kasai off Kanemura's shoulders with K uh, Kasai's face um, going right into a barbed wire board. Um, Hito would end up hitting uh, Kanemura with a barbed wire bat, and then uh, Junkasai would end up hitting a Pearl Harbor splash um, well, Kanemura would end up fighting back and end up he would end up backsliding Hito and getting the win um, kind of out of nowhere. And so the, um, af and so Kanemura gets the win and the rest of the Apache Army just attack him right away. And they're uh, you know they're laying him out and they're gonna try and powerbomb Kanemura um, on a chair that's set on fire. When all of a sudden Mama Sasaki ends up running to the ring and making the save for Kanemura and clears the ring. So Mama Sasaki, you know, the w, he is now um, no longer full-time WMF guy. He is joining up with the Apache Army, and this was his debut making the save. So he's going to side with Kanemura for the face side against the heel Apache Army members. On March 26th, Onita holds his retirement show at Corrigan Hall. How did that go? So, um, Asushi Onita would end up enrolling in college in 2001, and now we're into 2005, and he's graduating. And so this was his idea of um, being in, you know, he wanted to, this is this next stage of my life. I'm graduating college, and I'm retiring from wrestling. So this was going to be a retirement, and I've, I've talked about in the past how he had, um, you know, he won't, he... You know, he gets made fun of a lot for retiring so many times and stuff. But there's really only a couple times that I I take it as this was a serious. He thought he really was going to retire. And this is one of those times. You know, the May 5th, 1995 Kawasaki Stadium show, he thought he was going to retire. Then there's this show uh, in 2005. And then there's the 2017 one uh, at Corrigan Hall as well. Every other one, I don't really take... I don't really consider, you know, he, sometimes he even would say, I know I'm coming back, but, you know, I'm going to be out for a little while, so I'm retiring. You know, losing to Sasuke uh, in 2003. He knew he was going to come back eventually, and that's what he did. This one, though, he really did feel like, I'm going to retire. And he took off a couple years as a result, but, you know, he really, you know, he um, wanted this to be a symbol. Like, he had graduated college earlier in the day, and then at night, he's going to wrestle his last ever match. And so, um, they actually do a commercial on this show uh, where he gets into a Hummer and uh, drives it off to into his diet into the um, the diet office. So he's it's like a commercial for this Hummer that he's uh, in the car with and everything. And um, you know, and then they show clips of him graduating college and he's with his mom. You know, he's with his mom and his other classmates and everything like that. And um, know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool scene actually. I really like this show. At, um, so and the semi main event is. Um, Gasako Gashigawara and uh, Ricky Fuji against Man Man Pondo and Mr. Pogo. And so um, 
it's a scramble bunkhouse uh, street fight death match, which is where the first one to get the barbed you know there's a barbed wire bat in the in the ring, and whoever gets it first can use it. Well, Gasaku ended up getting the bat first, um, but po- uh, but Pondo would end up smashing a stop sign over his head uh, and sending him sending Gasaku right into the crowd. Well, Mr. Pogo then takes the sickle and starts carving Ricky Fuji up in the, in the head. Um, Pondo would then end up hitting a rolling senton on a stack of chairs. Um, and he would end up crashing a um, right into Ricky Fuji's head. And then Mr. Pogo would end up putting the chain over Ricky Ricky's neck, and he throws him over the rope and uh, ends up getting the win as a result. And then in the main event, it's going to be Asushi Onita and um, Ichiro Yaguchi against uh, Tenru and Shiro Kashinaka. And so the symbol of this match is... Going back to 1994, FMW, um, Tenru was the one that defeated Onita that led to him, you know, he was supposed to originally retire after that match, but then Onita decided, oh no, I'm going to, I am i didn't say I was going to retire right away, I'm going to retire in one year, and he would end up having a one-year retirement tour. So the symbol of this is now Onita's finally going to face off against Tenru in his real retirement match. That's what was put in, you know, that was the plan. And so Onita, um, but before he, Onita even comes to the ring, um, a bunch of his class members from his his college class, they end up singing um, their class song. Um, as Onita, and then and then Wild Thing plays and Onita comes to the ring. Um, right away, Mr. Pogo, who was in the semi-main event, he ends up coming uh, right away and attacking Onita, and they end up brawling in the crowd. So... It ends up being, you know, Tenru and Koshinaka against Yaguchi while Onita and Pogo just fight in the crowd, Pogo not even being in the match. Um, Onita would end up uh, smashing Pogo's head uh, in the west side of Corrigan Hall, like where they climb the uh, the bleachers, and he just smashing his head up against the uh, the sign at, in the wall. Um, eventually, Onita would end up getting back in the ring, and... Um, Tenru and Koshinaka, they would end up sending to, uh, Onita into the barbed wire board. They do that little um, tilt-a-whirl spot where they both have Onita by his hands and his legs, and they just toss him outside the ring into the barbed wire board outside. Um, Onita would then end up trying to pile jive Tenru through the table, and he totally misses. This is a total screw-up. Um, he, the table does not break, and you can tell Tenru's in complete pain as his head, he is holding his head from Onita messing up that pile drive spot. Um, eventually, uh, um, the table would break, and uh, Onita would end up smashing Tenru with the broken table over his head, and then he ends up hitting a Thunderfire powerbomb on Tenru, but Tenru obviously kicking out. Um, eventually, Tenru would end up sending Onita into the barbed wire, and Tenru um, would end up hitting his fire, th- th- a Thunderfire fire power bomb with Onita kicking out. So it's, you know, Onita, both of them kicking out of the Thunder Fire Power Bomb. And then um, Tenu tries to hit Onita with a chair, and uh, Onita would end up rolling him up, but again, Tenru kicks out. And then Tenru again hits a Thunder Fire Power Bomb, and then the 53 year, years old, the jackhammer for the win. Um, so Tenru defeats Onita once again. Um, Onita ends up doing his Onita theater afterwards. Um, he just ends up letting, you know, this is, you know, he's, again, he's thinking this is the final time he's going to do it. And so he takes full advantage of it. Um, he just lays his head into the crowd outside the ring and, um, they end up showing, uh, the, they end up showing college clips, 
uh, as well as um, FNW clips to end the show. So, you know, again, this was supposed to be Onita's final match. She obviously would come back again. But he really did take a couple years off um, to f just focus on working in the diet. Um, you know, so like I said, this was really supposed to be his final match. But obviously, um, Onita's always ends up coming back. WMF is back after their big tournament. On April 1st at the Shinkiba First Ring, what happens? So, um, you know, WMF now is going to start running a lot more. I mean, all the indie promotions. This was kind of the beginning of the Shinkiba First Ring, which most people know now. Um, it's this small 300-seat, 350-seat um well, it probably fits about 350, 400 people or so total. Um, but it pretty much just looks like a garage. On this show, uh, Mama Sasaki, he's going to work both WMF and Apache for the time being. Uh, he just destroys uh, young boys in this match. It's just him beating uh, young boys. He ends up defeating a Minori Sawa and then eventually um, taking on Asami, who would eventually become Asami Kodaka. Um, defeats him and then you know in this gauntlet match and then um the last guy to come out is lingerie muta muto who is uh, minori sawa dressed up as uh kiji muto but in lingerie so he's wearing like this bald cap and he's wearing um you know bra and panties and um the big thing here is you know sawa doing the kiji muto spots he does the shining wizard on mammoth but um, Mammoth would end up grabbing the uh, bald cap that Sawa was wearing and ripping it off him and he hits an awesome bomb and he ends up getting the win it wasn't that much of a challenge so uh, Mammoth would end up calling uh, Yamada the WMF, pre uh, WMF president to the ring and says I want more of a challenge so Mammoth is going to you know be put in the main event here um, coming up soon on the next tour We'll go over that here in a second. And then uh, Shirley Doe, who is the IWC uh, champion, against uh, Seiji Akeda in this match. And um, Akeda ends up doing a suplex on Shirley Doe on the outside. And he ends up doing an elbow drop from the stands to the outside on, on, on Doe. And, um, you know, I may mention uh, Akeda just kind of has, is similar to Arn Anderson. He does this spine buster on the chairs. Um... Eventually, Shirley Doe ended up going low, and he ends up hitting a Death Valley driver for the win to defeat Akeda. And then um, in the main event, it's going to be Mr. Ganasuke and Gasako Gashigawara against uh, Balls Mahoney and Soldier. And so, again, Balls Mahoney is going to be another one of the guys coming in from IWC. Obviously, he has a past with FNW and ECW. Um, so during this match, Ganasuke ends up going for a clothesline, but Balls Mahoney tries to turn it into a Ganasuke clutch. Doesn't look very well. Um, Ganasuke would end up spitting a fireball at Soldier during this match, actually. And then um, that would take Soldier out, but it leaves uh, Balls Mahoney and Gasaku uh, alone. And Balls Mahoney would end up sending Gasaku through a table and then hitting the Nutcracker Suite for the win. And um, so Balls Mahoney and Soldier get the win. And Balls Mahoney is shown backstage. He's just going crazy. He wants more of a challenge. You know, he wants Kinsuke Sasaki. Uh, he, you know, he's, he says, I've defeated, you know, all these greats like Raven. And, um, you know, I want, I want t competition. And so he's, he wants a match against Kinsuke Sasaki. So there's going to be a tag match at the next show. Um, and we'll go over that here in a second. So Garuda no shows at the WMF show to instead work a Michinoku Pro show. So how did that go? So what happened was Garuda, um, he ended up, um, he got caught cheating on his girlfriend. He was living with his girlfriend, and he ended up, um, she found out that he was sleeping with a fan, a, you know, a female wrestling fan. 
that he had met after the show. So she finds this out. She kicks him out of their apartment. And so now Garuda now no longer has a place to live. He's hurting for money big time. Well, Michinoku, he, you know, Donosuke allowed for guys to work Michinoku Pro or you know, uh, other promotions, you know, smaller um, other indie promotions and so as long as you make um, the WMF bookings, that's okay. Well, Garuda is on tour with Michinoku, and it's just easier um, to you know not leave the tour to go to, to Tokyo. And um, you know at this point, Michin he's making more money with Michinoku. He's you know it's WMF is paying more per show, but there's not that many shows. There's like two shows a month. Michinoku Pro they might not be paying that much. They might be paying them fifty dollars, but they're giving them ten, twelve bookings compared to two. And so Garuda ends up choosing this booking over WMF, and this really pisses God. Donosuke off. Like, wait, no, you're a WMF guy. You can't be no-showing us for another promotion. All because, you know, Garuda's girlfriend kicked him out and he no longer, he needed this money bad to be able to support himself because right now Garuda's homeless. So how did the WMF show go on April 3rd then at Saitama? So as a result, Garuda, you know, missed the April 1st show. Well, he makes it for the April 3rd show. Well, he takes on Seiji Akeda and, and Ganesuke makes sure the Seiji Akeda just beats Garuda. Clean win, nothing about it. You know, he's going to, um, you, you want to no-show me for another promotion? I'm booking you to lose. And so Akeda defeats Garuda clean, no questions asked. Then... Um, afterwards, Mama Sasaki would come to the ring, and he would he um, would set up a tag team with Seiji Ikeda. So Mama Sasaki and Seiji Ikeda are going to be a team in WMF going forward. Um, and then in the main event, it's going to be Kinsuke Sasaki and Mr. Ganesuke against Soldier and Balls Mahoney. So, you know, Kinsuke Sasaki, he was the big draw of this show. Um, and also, by the way, this show was at the Sayatama Pepe Hall Atlas. Um, and they ended up drawing and announced 600 fans. So, I mean, it, overall, I think it did okay. But, you know, they're paying Kinsuke Sasaki to um, come in. So I'm sure, you know, he's going to cost a lot of money to bring him in. Um, anyway, so for this match, um, Balls Mahoney would end up going for a nutcracker sweep. But Ganesuke would end up getting out of it and end up getting a Ganesuke clutch um, to pin... Um, Balls Mahoney for you know to get the win over Balls Mahoney. Um, this is really there wasn't too much of this you know there wasn't too much shown about this match. Um, most of these matches I'm, I'm just getting to see on highlights. They're not actually making TV or anything like that. They're just airing on the um, the Samurai TV clip show. And um, anyway, so uh, Ganesuke and Kinsuke Sasaki they get the win, and Ganesuke and Kinsuke. Um, they, they're going to team up against Mama Sasaki and, and Seiji Ikeda, who come to the ring afterwards and challenge Ganesuke and Sasaki for next month. And so that sets up the next, uh, in the, shows in, the, the next show in May. Tell me about the Ricky Pro Show on April 16th at Corrigan Hall. So this match is um, Kentaro Kanemura and uh, Tomori Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii against uh, Tetsuhiro Kuroda and uh, Hido. And so in this match, Ishii would end up suplexing Kuroda, who ends up no-selling it, and so Ishii just suplexes him again. 
Um, eventually, Hito would end up hitting Ishii over the head with the chair, and he nails Ishii with a lariat, and uh, he, he, uh, Hito would end up pinning Ishii, so Kuroda and, and Hito end up winning the WMG tag team titles um, from Ken, from Kanemura and Ishii. So, um, you know, this was a big win for Hito, getting a win over Ishii. Um, you know, the Ricky Pro promotion, um, you know, the main, a big focus really was uh, Kanemura and just his group and everything. He'd have, um, you know, like for this show or similar shows, he would have a bigger name talent. Like he would make, and Ricky Choshu would main event. But, you know, the Apache Army is, is a main focus here, um, you know, semi-main eventing. And, um, you know, in this case, you know, giving Kuroda and Hito their tag team titles. So at the We Love Sabu charity shows on April 17th, what happened at the shows? So there were two shows um, called We Love Cebu, and what happened was uh, Fumi Sakai, Sumi Sakai um, she was um, you know promoting these two different shows. Um, they were benefit shows for Cebu who had just gone through surgery. Um, I think his knees were really bad off at this point, and he was gonna miss some time. And um, you know he obviously didn't save his money, uh, and so the Japanese wrestlers were gonna help him out and put on these two different shows. Originally, it was gonna be one show, but she reached out to Mr. Ganasuke and Kanemura, and they refused to be a part of the same show. And so Ganasuke um, would end up. They, so they promote two different shows. Ganasuke would book the twelve thirty show, and then uh, Kanemura would end up booking the evening show. And this show wasn't taped or anything like that. But you know, um, so Ganasuke books the show, and he has like the WMF guys: Onryo, Ricky Fuji, uh, Hisagatsu Oya, um, Eddie Edwards was actually on this show also. Uh, Shark Dashi is on this show, and they draw three hundred three fans at the different Ariaki. Um, and then, um, Kanemura, like I said, would promote the evening show, and they would end up drawing 501 fans, um, and, you know, Seb Sandman's on this show, Ryuji Ito was on the show, they would defeat, uh, Necro Butcher and Hito in the main event, um, and during both shows, Sabu would pose, uh, with, with all the different wrestlers in the ring, um, to end the both shows. Okay, so here we are again at the end of April, Kanemura promotes his own show, at the Chiba Blue Field held on April 24th. How did it go? So, um, this show ends up drawing 95 fans. And so, again, these are Kanemura promoted shows because uh, the sponsors are not willing to fully go all out on Apache Army. Um, and on this show, uh, Tetsuhiro Kuroda would end up taking on Takashi Sasaki. Uh, Kuroda ends up getting the clean win over Sasaki with a lariat. And then in the main event, it's Kanemura versus Jintaro. Well, Ken, uh, Kanemura and Jintaro, they brawl, and it's a dead crowd. I mean... You know, Apache Army's kind of known for having lively crowds, but not this show. Just It's kind of very WMF-like um, on this show. So they're brawn in this dead crowd, and Jintaro ends up getting busted open. Um, so he's bleeding all over, and uh, Jintaro would end up drop-kicking a chair in Kanemura's face, and he ends up hitting a Van Terminator. So he's jumping off the top rope onto the other side of the ring to hit a chair, or to drop-kick a chair into Kanemura's face. Um, Jintaro will then hit, end up hitting a shooting star press, and then he's going for the sweet chin music, while Kanemura would end up catching his leg and then hitting a Thunderfire powerbomb and getting the win um, with a Sinton splash over Jintaro. Um, so Kanemura ends up getting the win um, over Jintaro. At Shizawaka Shimizu, Goto Ippa holds a show on May 5th. How was it? So, May 5th, um, you know, has traditionally been the FMW Day. Um, 
where they hold the big show every year. Well, not this year. This is gonna be the first time that there is no, uh, you know, big Kawasaki Stadium show or big show held in um, as a tradition. The only show that's being held on May fifth by an FMW wrestler is. Tarzan Goto is promoting his small little Goto Ippa promotion uh, promoted show, um, and it's you know that's the only thing FMW related that happened on May fifth in two thousand five. So um, Goto would end up teaming up with Awaku Shimizu, one of his students, against Satoshi Kojima and Tamaki Hama. Um, Goto and Kojima they're going to go right at it with each other, and they end up getting into a chop fest where they're exchanging chops and. Um, eventually Kojima would end up chopping Chimizu so hard his chest would would just get beat red and um, Goto would end up holding Kojima as Goto's valet uh, ends up spitting red mist in Kojima's face um, Kojima would end up coming back and begin chopping Goto repeatedly um, Kojima would end up doing a um, an elbow drop on Goto and then Goto's, elbow, or Goto's valet would end up trying to get to spit green mist, but this time Kojima would end up moving out of the way and she would end up spraying Goto with the green mist instead. And then uh, Go uh, Kojima would end up finishing off Shimizu for the win. So here we are, May 14th. Uh, WMF holds a show at the Tokyo Battlesphere. What happened? So they would end up announcing 120 fans for this show. Um, on this show, Landre Mudo returns. Um, Mudo would end up, you know, again, this is Minori Sawa dressed up as Mudo with brawn panties on. Um, Mudo would end up using the referee's back in a match against Onryo. Would end up using the referee's back to jump off him to hit a shining wizard um, with the re referee refusing to count uh, the pinfall because he used the referee for the spot. Um, Onryo would then kick him and roll him up for the Onryo clutch to get the win. So then, uh, Mama Sasaki and Seiji Ikeda, they're, you know, they formed a tag team now, and they're gonna take on, um, Soldier and Man Man Pondo. Um, Soldier would end up putting a trash can over Mama's head, and he ends up hitting him with a barbed wire bat, uh, with the, with the trash can over Mama's head. Pondo would then dive off the top, sending a stop sign, um, set up with two chairs, and it would go crashing down on Ikeda's face. Um, Soldier would try for the BUU, and Mammoth would end up hitting a, a Soldier with a barbed wire bat, um, and then eventually Mammoth would suplex Soldier off the top and finish him off with the Mammoth home run. So Mammoth and Soldier get the win, or sorry, Mammoth and Akeda end up getting the win over Soldier and Man Man Pondo. Um, and then in the main event, it's uh, Necro Butcher against uh, Gasaku Gashigawara. Um, they end up uh, brawling right outside the ring right away. Neko tries to uh, pile drive him in the street as they go outside, um, but Gasaku ends up tossing him on, um, to like um, pretty much like sending him back, and uh, his back ends up hitting the street, um, and and they end up, he ends up doing a double axe handle on the street as well. Um, they end up coming back in the ring, and Gasaku ends up smashing a light tube over uh, Necro's chest with a chair, and then they brawl in the bleachers, and Gasaku ends up suplex. Necro off the bleachers and then Gasaku ends up hitting the double X handle on a light tube um, that does not break for the win and so Gasaku now is going to have a, like a hardcore wrestler gimmick as he is um, you know going to be a, actually a main focus with WMF so the very next day on May 15th uh, what happens at the WMF show at the Osaka Dolphin Arena 
So they run at the uh, Osaka Delphin Arena and draw 400 fan announced fans um, for the show. Um, you know, so that's it. You know, that was kind of the home of the Osaka promo promotion at the time. And so they're, you know, it's it's an okay show. But again, they're bringing in Kinsuke Sasaki for this show. They're bringing in Super Delphin for this show. Um, they're bringing in um, you know Necro Butcher and Man Man Pondo. So uh, and so you know the payroll is a little bit pricey um, for WMF and their sponsor. But um, on this show, Onryo would team up with Super Delphin and Tsubasa against Flying Kid Ichihara, um, Kasuhiko Nakajima, and Kushidamo uh, Kamen. Um, Flying Kid Ichihara was actually um, doing the Ebison gimmick, which was made fun, famous, obviously, by um, Kikutaro. Um, but he ended up leaving Osaka Pro, so they had actually given the gimmick to Flying Kid Ichihara around this time period. Um, Andrea would end up doing a tope con Hilo on Nakajima, and uh, Kamen would end up trying to do a sunset flip, but uh, on Tsubo. Um, but Tsubo won't, won't fall down, so Kamen would end up pulling Tsubo's pants or trunks down, and um, but then Tsubo would end up sitting on Kamen's face to get the pinfall, and then um. And then in the main event, it's um, Mr. Ganesuke and Kinsuke Sasaki against Mama Sasaki and Seiji Ikeda. Um, Sasaki would end up chopping Ikeda really hard um, and then end up delivering a bulldog on him. Um, Mama Sasaki would end up powerbombing Ganesuke um, and followed by Ikeda hitting a senton. Um, but Ikeda would end up going for a clothesline and Ganesuke would end up catching it and uh, rolling Ikeda up for the Ganesuke clutch. So Kinsuke Sasaki and Mr. Ganesuke get the win over Mama Sasaki and Seiji Ikeda. So Onryo now, he has his 10th year anniversary show at the Tokyo Battle Sphere on May 21st for the 666 promotion. How did that go? So I talked about um, a couple episodes ago about 666. It's a it's gothic promotion put it on by um, Onryo and Crazy uh, SKB. And so Onryo now, it's May 2005. He's been wrestling for 10 years. So this is going to be his big anniversary show. Um, so this was actually uh, the one and only time that uh, 666 was um, ever aired a full show on Samurai TV. Um, so... Uh, for the semi-main event, it's Jun Kasai and Crazy SKB against uh, Buddha and Christ. I talked about how each show they would end up wrestling the uh, you know a different gimmick. Sometimes an alien, or you know sometimes it was one time it was like Adam Hussein and just guys in masks. Well, for this show, it's going to be uh, Christ and Buddha. And um, to start the show. Or sorry, to start the match, uh, Sayoko Mita, who is the host of the Occupation of Indy, she comes to the ring and presents flowers to uh, SKB and Jun Kasai. Well, Kasai and SKB, they end up going right at Buddha and Christ with the flowers. They start hitting them with it, and it ends up being uh, being revealed that there was fireworks in the uh, flowers. And so they're hitting them with the flowers, with the fireworks going off. Um, this is a bamboo stick match. Um, Buddha would end up hitting Kasai with the bamboo um, and with the bamboo stick, and SKB would end up suplexing Christ um, on the bamboo stick. Uh, Kasai would end up doing a Pearl Harbor splash on Christ, and SKB would end up coming to the ring with a helmet on, and Kasai would end up setting the helmet on fire uh, with the firecrackers with firecrackers going off on his helmet. And so uh, there's firecrackers going off on SKB's helmet as he does this dive on Christ for the win. And um, 
then in the main event, it's Onryo versus Mikami. And Onryo comes to the ring. He's like in this Prince of Darkness outfit. He's all dressed up in black and with a mask on. They take the mask off. You know, this is the, his big entrance for his 10th year anniversary. Uh, Mikami comes into the ring. He tosses the, his ladder into the ring. And um, Onryo catches the ladder. Mikami comes off the top rope and delivers a dropkick with the ladder hitting Onryo in the face. Uh, Mikami would end up hitting a flying dropkick. And on Onryo, and then a 450, um, a 450 splash. Onryo would end up catching the referee's hand um, as she's going for the pinfall, and she, he ends up, you know, grabbing the, hand, the referee's hand, and then he uses it to smack Mikami in the face with her hand. Um, and Onryo ends up delivering a, a Onryo clutch. Well. Um, with Mikami kicking out. Mikami would end up um, dropping a, a ladder on Onryo's head, and Mikami tries to do the 619, uh, but Onryo would end up throwing uh, the, le the ladder at Mikami's legs. Onryo is then going to hit an, a topic on Hilo, and they end up brawling in the crowd, um, and Onryo tries to get back in the ring, but Mikami ends up doing a 619, and... Um, so Onryo's out, and Mikami is in, is trying to get back in the ring when all of a sudden you see this hand has appeared, and it has it's there's just this hand and nothing else, just on Onryo's leg or sorry on Mikami's leg, and he can't get back in the ring. This 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 just magical powerful hand is holding Mikami back from getting in the ring, and so it ends up being a double count out. Um, as a result, and then Mikami gets on the mic and he challenges Onryo to a rematch. Well, Onryo just runs and gra uh, uh, rings the bell right away. The match is on. They're going to do a rematch. He runs back in. Um, they start fighting. Mikami does a moonsault off a ladder, and um, Onryo would end up throwing a powder uh, mid-air as Mikami is coming down. Um, Onryo would then um, take off his shirt and reveal his whole back is like tatted up. Um, as he climbs the ladder, and then um, Mikami would actually end up kicking the ladder, knocking Onryo down. Uh, Mikami would then end up doing a swanton bomb off the ladder, and then, um, but eventually Onryo would end up doing the Onryo clutch for the win out of nowhere. To, um, so Onryo gets the win over Mikami. This is actually a really uh, cool match. If anyone, I don't think many people have watched it. It's a really cool match. I would definitely recommend it. Um, they end up shaking hands afterwards, and um, Onryo gets on the mic, and this is the first time Onryo has ever talked in the ring on a, with the microphone, and he thanks uh, Mukami, um, and th like I said, in to end the show, and like I said, this is the only time that Onryo would ever speak um, out loud uh, to the crowd. The Nightmare Promotion runs a show on May 29th at the Tokyo Battle Sphere, so what happens there? I haven't really gone over the Nightmare promotion. It's um, it's a, it, again, it's a smaller promotion. Um, it's kind of like what Six 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 was doing. Um, and um, you know, they were able to have a, a Apache guys and WMF guys. Obviously, not Ganaske and Kanemura, but Apache guys and Ganaske was on were on the show. Um, but on Mama Sasaki would end up teaming up with the Winger against Jun Kasai and Hito. And Kasai ends up ripping off uh, Winger's mask, and Hito starts cutting him open with the barbed wire bat. Uh, Mammoth would end up hitting uh, a Mammoth home run, and then an awesome bomb, followed by a Winger, uh, Winger hitting a Senton splash. Well, um, Kasai then uh, hits uh, Winger with a barbed wire bat, and he hits a Pearl Harbor splash on the Winger and um, to get the win. Um, Mammoth would then get on the mic and call out Ghana's on the show earlier, and he challenges Mr. Ghana's gay, um, 
uh, you know, while Ganesuke is in the back, uh, just looking on, uh, he challenges um, Ganesuke to a barbed wire death match in WMF. So on May 31st, WMF sponsor Lang Inc. makes an announcement. And what was it? How did it impact WMF? Uh, Lang Incorporated, you know, I've talked about how they were the sponsor for WMF. Um, they were the one financing everything. Well, um, they were the ones that in February 2004 pulled back and said, okay, we can't, we're, we got to change our financial plan here. And they took six months off and then WMF came back a lot smaller, um, you know, running smaller shows, um, not having as big names. Well, you know, they've been running a couple months and they were willing to, at the end, pull, bring in a Kinsuke Sasaki. They're willing to, you know, have Super Delphin work and bring in the IWC guys. Well, um, the fine, what they were making just wasn't enough. So WMF ends up, uh, De Lang Incorporated ends up pulling away from WMF completely. So WMF no, will no longer have a financial sp sponsor. Um, it looking like, it's looking like WMF is going to close down, but Ganesuke announces that he's going to promote the WMF shows himself. So he will be the financial backer. There won't be, you know, a money guy behind him. It's going to be Ganesuke and whatever, you know, small sponsor he can get. Um, so WMF's going to pull back even farther as far as who um, who they bring in and, um, you know, what t type of show, like what size building. They're pretty much only going to run um, Battlesphere and Shinkiba here going forward because of this uh, decision made by, w uh, by, made by the Ling Incorporated. So what happens on the June 5th Ricky Pro show at Corrigan Hall? Um... Kanemura would end up taking on Hido. So, you know, the Apache Army, they're feuding with one. It's an inside uh, feud with Kanemura being a part of the Riki Choshu group and Hido um, being a part of the Junkasai Takashi Sasaki group. So they're going to face off against each other on the show, and um, they start doing the ch dueling chair spot. Um, Hido would end up kicking Kanemura low and then throws him out um, where Sasaki and Jitaro are outside, and they start attacking Kanemura. Uh, Kanemura would end up gaining control and is about to powerbomb Hito when Jintaro and Sasaki come off the top rope and deliver like a drop kick on Kanemura. Hito then would go for a pile driver when Ishii, um, you know, uh, part of the World Japan group, he's pissed off that uh, Sasaki and Jintaro are interfering. So he comes in and he clotheslines Hito and delivers a brain buster to him. And then Kanemura ends up hitting a powerbomb and a senton splash for the win over Hito. And um, Kanemura goes to shake Hito's hand. You know, they've been friends for 12 years at this point, wanting uh, Hito to, you know, be a, them to make up. And Hito ends up kicking Kanemura low as a result. So he, the Apache Army still is going to be split up after this show. Big Japan holds their annual big show on June 8th at the Yokohama Bunka Gym. How did that all happen? So this is the main big show for Big Japan. Um, and I talked about at the beginning of the episode how Takashi Sasaki, you know, he, they were lining him up for a big push um, against Ryuji Ito. So this is the big show of the year. Uh, it's Ryuji Ito against Takashi Sasaki um, for the Big Japan Deathmatch title. They would end up brawling onto the stage, the entrance stage of the Yokohama Bunker Gym. And uh, Sasaki would end up doing a powerbomb off the stage through a table. Um, and eventually, Sasaki's trying to put, you know, they get back in the ring. Um, Sasaki would end up doing a de uh on a stack of light tubes. Ito still manages to kick out. 
Um, eventually, um, Ryuji Ito would end up hitting multiple dragon splashes through stacks of light tubes and getting the win. Um, and this was kind of, so Ryuji Ito defeats Takashi Sasaki for the Big Japan title. But this is kind of like the big, um, uh, big change in Big Japan. Um, bringing in better workers, younger guys, including the Apache Army uh, secondary guys. Um, you know, Takashi Sasaki would be a big, a big fixture here in Big Japan going forward. And so this was kind of his big moment. This was to Takashi Sasaki's, um, you know, he didn't win the title, but he's now a main player in Big Japan. So, can you go over what happened during Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka's last match at the WWE One Night Stand show on June 12th? Most most everyone knows about this show, but WWE put on an ECW reunion show, and Paul Heyman got to book it, and he wanted a match that was going to really stand out, a, a match he knew would be great, and that was Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. At this point, Mike Awesome's career is pretty much over. Um, he'd been working for Noah and All Japan there at the end. Um, you know, I talked about last episode how he worked zero one and Hustle, um, but you know, at this point, his career is almost over. Um, but he gets the call, um, you know, to have a match with Masato Tanaka, which he loves wrestling against Masato Tanaka. And Masato Tanaka is, is more than happy to, uh, you know, come to America and work against Mike Awesome, especially for a WWE show. And um, So on this um, this match, you know, Mike Awesome is booed like crazy, coming to the ring. Um, they end up having this awesome match. Um, Mike Awesome would end up hitting an awesome bomb off the apron, through a table, set up on the guardrail. Um, Tanaka looks like he's in a lot of pain after that spot. Um, Tanaka would end up coming back. He does this tornado DDT on a stack of chairs. Uh, Mike Awesome would end up suplexing Tanaka and then spears Tanaka. Tanaka would end up hitting a tornado DDT on Mike Awesome through a table. Um, Mike Awesome would come back and he end up hitting a reverse Awesome Bomb on the broken table. Um, you know, like I said, this is an awesome match. Most people have seen it since it was a WWE pay-per-view. Um, but at the very end, they're going to do their signature spot. Awesome hits the Awesome Bomb over the, and sends Tanaka through the table. Well, then Awesome does this tope, but his leg just barely hits the rope. Um, and he just flies and falls right on Tanaka. The referee counts the three count outside, gives the win to um, Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome ends up powerbombing uh, Jim Molino, the referee. He ends up limping to the back, um, and as a result, that actually would end Mike Awesome's career. Um, it would turn out, you know, he'd suffer more knee damage. He suffered it so many times. Like I said, his career was already pretty much over at this point, and so um, he would no longer. This was Mike Awesome's last ever match against uh, in general, and it just happened to be against Masato Tanaka. I mean, and it was it was an awesome match as well. Um, in, in a, the closure to a great feud that they had had for um, pretty much 10 years. So here we go again at Kanemura uh, promoting his own show on June 19th at the Chiba Bluefield. So Kanemura and Dick to go team up against Takashi Sasaki and Jintaro. You know, um, Kanemura is feuding with the Apache guys. Kanemura and uh, Dick to go. They um, do this doomsday device on Jintaro, and Kanemura would end up hitting a Thunderfire power bomb on Takashi Sasaki, and then finishing him with the Ghetto Clutch actually to get the win. Um, this is just a, like I said, you know, just Kanemura promoting his shows to get his, his boys uh, a payday and get them get them on working. Um, and this is just to continue the Kanemura uh, Apache feud. So July 1st, Ricky Pro um, starts their tour in Saizbo. How did that, how'd that go? Um, 
so Riki Choshu, Kanemura, and Ryuji Ito, they team up. This is just, you know, they're just going to tour a bunch of house shows and everything, but uh, they're going to team up against Hito, against, uh, Hito Kuroda, and Takashi Sasaki. Well, Sho- Riki Choshu would end up getting uh, Kuroda in the Scorpion Deathlock, and Hito would end up coming over and smash a chair over Riki Choshu. Well, Riki Choshu ends up grabbing the chair from Hito, uh, and then eventually uh, Choshu would end up lariating, uh, hitting a lariat on Takashi Sasaki, and Kanemura would end up picking Takashi Sasaki up for a Thunderfire powerbomb, so the Riki Choshu Kanemura Ryuji Ito team get the win. Uh, at a show on July 3rd, Kanemura suffers what injury and how bad was it? He would end up doing Kanemura would end up doing a spot uh, where he just coming off the top rope and he lay, like doing like this little drop kick or uh, leg drop off the top rope and he lands weird and he ends up. Um, messing up his knee ends up uh suffering a knee injury and he would actually need to be held uh carried to the back as a result and um it would be announced that Kanemura would he would end up missing three months uh he'd be out of action um and he would need to be on crutches and so uh Kanemura would um be missing some time here coming forward uh, going forward July 4th, Ricky Pro, um, they finalized the tour with a show in Osaka. What happened? So, Kanemura comes to the ring after suffering a knee injury. Um, he's got crutches and everything, and he announces that he's going to uh, miss you know, the next three months as a result. Um, and they're going to be doing some angles here going forward. Um, but he's going to be out. And um, so... Um, as a result, um, the main events, uh, Riki Choshu and Tomihiro Ishii against uh, Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Hido. Um, again, Choshu would end up putting uh, Kuroda in the Scorpion Deathlock, and um, Tom- Tomohiro Ishii would end up putting Hido away with a Brain Buster. Or, sorry, with Kuro- he would end up putting Kuroda away with a Brain Buster to get the win. Um, afterwards, uh, Shibata from New Japan, probably most people will know um, Kats- uh, from New Japan, he would end up rushing into the ring and getting into a fight with Riki Choshu. And so that sets up um, at the next Riki Pro Show, Shibata versus Choshu. So, like I said, the Apache Army is more towards, uh, you know, they're a main focus of the promotion but Ricky Choshu decides now I'm the big draw I'm the main guy I'm gonna have like these dream matches and stuff and so I want to have a main draw against, a main match against Shibata uh, next month unexpectedly Shinya Hashimoto dies on July 11th 2005 how did he pass and do you have any details so I talked about last episode how Shinya Hashimoto and Kaoru Fuyuki Fuyuki's wife or widow had gotten in a relationship together uh, around 2004, and they were living together. Hashimoto had left his wife for her, and um, Hashimoto had also gotten shoulder sur- surgery. He had wrestled about six months or so with the, with an injured shoulder. He needed the surgery, um, and eventually, in um, after August, his last match with Zero One was on August 31st, 2004. Well, in September 2004, he gets the surgery, so he's going to be out a year. And he's gone from zero one, and he's in talks um, about starting his own promotion. And Kaoru Fuyuki is gonna help uh, work with getting him started in the promotion. They're gonna work together to get a new promotion started. But he's on the shelf for um, an extended time period, and so after about nine months of him being injured, uh, you know, he wakes up on July 11th, and he goes to the breakfast table, and they're they're having breakfast together, Hashimoto and Kaoru. And Hashimoto just passes out at the table. And uh, Fuyuki ends up calling 
the ambulance. They take him to the hospital. He is pronounced dead due to a brain aneurysm. And uh, brain aneurysm has resulted in high stress, um, high blood pressure. Um, so, you know, Hashimoto was a big guy. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Just every, all the combinations of everything that was probably going on with his life. You know, even just him leaving his wife for another woman. And just all the all the issues uh, with his career. And, and anyway, um, so he ended up passing away on July 11th. And the weird thing about this was that he had talked with Keiru Fuyuki about him passing away and she asked him if you ever pass away can I write a book about you like I did for my you know for Koto Fuyuki her her other husband her or her first husband and Hashimoto agreed yeah you can write a book about me and just art uh about our time together and she did she wrote a book after he passed away um so it's you know kind of a tragedy that she had a husband and he had just passed away then she gets with Hashimoto and he passes away in about a year or so um, because of the, uh, you know, Hashimoto leaving his wife for Keoru, um, they didn't want any press on, uh, any, like, them, uh, the press kidding out about her, so she had nothing to do with the funeral. His sister would end up putting the funeral together instead, and it was, but it was a very similar fu uh, funeral like Fuyuki had. Um, Fuyuki, when they put him in, in the, um, when they put his casket in the limousine and took off, they threw yellow streamers at his uh, at the limousine. They did the same thing for Hashimoto, except they threw red streamers instead. So it was kind of a similar funeral, that, kind of based off what they did for Fuyuki, but Keiru apparently had nothing to do with it. It was just the Hashimoto family that, um, obviously, you know, just his sister, his, his, his ex-wife had nothing to do with the funeral as well. Um, but it was definitely a tragedy, you know, I mean, a great wrestler uh um passing away in his early 40s you know it's, and it, it was just the whole story is just crazy considering you know keru had just been with koto fuki and he had just passed away two years earlier well so now at the end of july the 31st wmf holds a no rope barbed wire death match at battlesphere with mr ganasuke versus mammoth sasaki so tell us a little bit about it so this was the conclusion of a six-month feud. I mean, even really technically going back to the beginning of WMF uh, or uh, 2003 with Ganasuke and Mama Sasaki, but this is the, um, the their final match in the promotion, um, and it's going to be a barbed wire death match. And and you know the sad part about this is just the crowd is just quiet, and uh, like a lot of WMF shows, but they really kill each other in this match. Um, Ganesuke ends up spending a lot of time working on Mammoth's arm and forehead with the barbed wire, cutting it up. Uh, Mammoth would then use the barbed wire to cut Ganesuke's head, and then he ends up throwing Ganesuke into the barbed wire, and Ganesuke's arm gets caught. And this looks painful. Ganesuke is screaming in pain, and you just see the skin just... He can't get out of the barbed wire. It's its um, stuck to him so hard, and it this is a painful... This looks like a, uh, a really painful spot. Uh, Mammoth would end up cutting the barbed wire off, but it ends up taking too long, and it's just... The crowd is just quiet, and they're just sitting there watching him cut barbed wire, barbed wire off. It just takes too long. Well, when he finally finishes, Ganesuke is up, and he smashes him over the head with the chair. And then he wraps the barbed wire that he, Mammoth cut off, and he ends up throwing uh, Mammoth in the barbed wire and drop-kicking him. And then they would um, do some spots like Mammoth slamming Ganesuke's head into the chair, 
um, before eventually uh, they would end up both clotheslining each other, and Gonosuke would be the one to fall on Mama's body for the win. And so, Mama, so Mr. Gonosuke ends up getting the win to finally end the Gonosuke Mammoth feud, um, and this was the conclusion. This also was the last ever show at the Battle Sphere. Um, WMF would begin would, would no longer be allowed to run there. No promotion would be able to allowed be allowed to run there anymore, and they would have to end up working at the Shinkiba first ring and uh, a lot more here coming up. So around this time, Mama Sasaki does an interview about leaving WMF. Can you go over it? Yeah, so Mammoth would, um, did an interview afterwards, and he just states that he wanted out of WMF after the February 2004 show. So he stayed around for about 15 more months, but he wanted out when they first um, you know, shut down for six months and were going to reconstruct the company to be a much smaller one. He wanted out at that point. But, you know, Hayabusa was gone. He felt like, okay, what am I doing here? The, you know, Hayabusa was the symbol of WMF, and now he's gone. There's really no point in me being here. Like, his loyalty was to Hayabusa. It wasn't to Mr. Ganesuke, but in a sense, he, he still wanted to stay loyal to the company, so he kept working there. Um, Mama stated that the problem going forward was just, um, was... There was no youth movement. The whole point of the promotion was, oh, the young guys. It's going to be the young guys working. They're, we're going to push all the up, you know, the soldiers, the Mineo Fujitas, um, Garuda, and Mama Sasaki was going to be the ace. And then eventually it just became Ganosuke's world, he said. Like, this, the promotion just was really based on Ganosuke. And, you know, he became the main star, and that wasn't what was promised to Mammoth at the beginning. Um, he, um, he, st he said he stayed with the promotion and, um, you know, he agreed to come back when the promotion started back up and then there was a three month tournament. Well, then he had to stay and finish that tournament. He couldn't just walk out during, um, that tournament. Um, and he, he stated he was friends with Gonosuke. He just didn't agree with a lot of his booking decisions. And he cited, um, bringing in Mitsuhiro Matsunaga back in 2002, just to squash him, Mammoth just, you know, he brought Matsunaga in, and Mammoth just squashed him a month in, and that was it, just because they weren't going to do death matches. That was the reason why they couldn't have Matsunaga. They were going to do death, they weren't, this wasn't going to be a death match promotion, but then they just started randomly doing death matches a year later for no reason. Um, he also didn't like that there was never a heavyweight title. There was just a junior heavyweight title, so there was, like, no point in him wrestling, like, there was nothing for him to go towards. There was nothing to shoot for. Um, but and then he made mention that you know he's going to work for the Apache Army going forward. That's he's going to join Apache Army full time, and he will also get some Big Japan bookings as a result. And um, Big Japan, he said, stated wasn't his ideal promotion, but he doesn't mind doing hardcore matches. Just you know, but hey, it's an extra payday as a result. Um, and he stated he wanted to work in the U.S., um, but that obviously never ended up happening. And he stated he wanted to be remembered as an FMW wrestler, but not as a WMF wrestler. Well, the Apache Army runs a show at Tokyo Shinkiba First Ring on August 5th. What happened there? So the main event of this show is uh, Hido and Jukasai taking on Takashi Sasaki and Jintaro in a double hell spider net death match. And in this match, Hido and Jukasai, they slam Sasaki uh, off the ramp into the spider net uh, barbed wire. And then Jintaro, he ends up spearing Junkasai, who ends up hitting Hito as a result, and Hito ends up landing into the spider net barbed wire. Well, then uh, Junkasai would end up suplexing Jintaro off the top turnbuckle, outside, onto the barbed wire, and this is an awesome spot. 
uh, Kasai just goes through this barbed wire. It hits the barbed wire hard, uh, the, the spider net barbed wire. And then Hito would end up getting the win with a lariat uh, over Jintaro. And then um, eventually he would end up calling Kanemura to the ring. And then um, Hito and Kanemura, they would end up uh, coming to a conclusion that they're going to put the war, uh, they're no longer going to fight. The war is over between the Apache army, the Civil War. Um, they're going to agree that the, that they're going to start teaming up again, and uh, Kanemura and Kuroda would shake hands. So now Kanemura and is siding back up with the Apache army. Um, as of right now, the whole group is one. Even Riki Choshu, Tom Tomohiro Ishii, Kanemura, Kuroda, Hito, it's all one group now, officially, um, and going forward. But there's an angle that happens at the Riki Pro Show on August 14th at the Corrigan Hall. Tell us about it. So, uh, you know, every, all the Apache Army now are, uh, are one as a group. Well, Hito and Tomohiro Ishii have a match at uh, Corrigan Hall, and Ishii ends up getting the win over Hito. Well, then Kanemura uh, gets in the ring, and, you know, he, he gets Hito and Ishii to shake hands. And so, like I said, you know, the Apache Army, they're going to be one. The Riki Choshu side's going to... Uh, you know, the Hito side, pretty much it's the Hito side and Takashi Sasaki, all that, that have been fighting with Kanemura. They're agreeing to put their bygones uh, away, their issues away, and they're going to, you know, all be one. Well, when they raise their hands together, then Kanemura takes his uh, crutch and he smashes it over Ishii. And the entire Apache army start attacking Ishii. So, um,. The, and Kanemura declares war once again on the Riki Choshu side. So he has turned on the Riki Choshu side, and Kanemura and the Apache army are going to go back to feuding with the Riki Choshu uh, army, like Tomohira Ishii. So, Gazaku promotes a WMF show in his hometown of Aomori on August 27th. How did that go? So I may mention earlier how Mr. Ganasuke was going to financially back all the WMF shows himself after Lang Incorporated pulled out. Well, Gasaku goes, hey, let me promote this show in my hometown. I think I can draw a good house and make, you know, money for the promotion, make money for myself um, if I, you know, main event the show against Mr. Pogo. And so that's what he does. And it's going to be a no-rope barbed wire death match against Mr. Pogo. Um, the beginning of the match is just Pogo destroying Gasaku. He ends up tossing him into the barbed wire um, and then throwing him into a barbed wire board outside the ring. And then he begins stabbing Gasaku and then cutting him in the back with his sickle. Well, uh, Pogo ends up going to blow a fireball, um, but Kasaku would end up uh, with, with barbed wire wrapped around him, running into Pogo instead to prevent him from getting hit by the fireball. And then um, Pogo would... To, at the end of the match, Pogo would end up putting a chain around uh, Gasaku's neck, and uh, Pogo would end up uh, choking Gasaku with the chain to end up winning the match. So, you know, Pogo was never going to lose to Gasaku or anything like that, obviously. But, um, and this, sh this show did pretty well uh, overall. I mean, uh, Gasaku would help, would promote a couple more shows down the line, but most, like I said, it's mostly going to be Mr. Ganasuke, um, especially. Uh, when the shows are in Tokyo. How did the show go on August 28th for the Goto Ippa promotion in Saitama? So then the next day, um, Ganasuke, um, he ends up working a, a deal with Tarzan Goto. You know, Tarzan Goto and Mr. Ganasuke, going back to, um, I mean, even 1991, Tarzan Goto trained Mr. Ganasuke. 
And um, they, you know, they left FMW together in 1995, and they were part of Shin FMW uh, with IWA Japan and, you know, working together as a team. And um, before uh, 1996, 1997, that's when Ganasuke goes, I don't want to work for F. I don't want to work anymore. I want to go back to FMW. And um, Tarzan Goto, for whatever reason, um, you know, some say they didn't, FMW didn't want him back. Some say Tarzan Goto didn't want to come back. Um, so Tarzan Goto did not come back in Ganesuke, worked in FMW, and they didn't really, you know, work together anymore or see each other. And, well, um, now, you know, WMF is a small indie. Tarzan Goto is running his own small independent, independent promotion. So they get together and work an agreement for them to um, help uh, work um, shows together, um, you know, a talent exchangement with Ganesuke and Goto. So the first show of them working together is on August 28th. They take on Man Man Pondo and Gasaku. Um, Pondo would end up diving over uh, the a stop sign, which would land uh, in on Ganesuke, and then Goto would end up sending Pondo um, through the stop sign. Uh, set up on chairs, and then um, Tarzan Goto's valet would end up blowing a fireball at Pondo, and eventually uh, Goto and Ganesuke would do a double choke slam on Kasaku on a board of balloons. So Ganesuke and Goto end up getting the win, and then uh, after the match, Goto ends up laying one of his students, one of his heavy students, out. And, you know, going back to 1991, um, at the, um, Hayabusa and Mr. Ganesuke, they did that anus explosion where they put the firecrackers up their ass, um, at a campsite and, you know, which led to the whole angle in 1999 with Ganesuke and Hayabusa or H and Hayabusa, um, they end up doing this to one of Tarzan Goto's students, where they put the where he, they put the firecracker in their ass and set it off as just kind of the tradition of what Tarzan Goto does to his students. So Tarzan Goto would appear for FMW in on September 9th in Shinkiba. How did that go over? So the, um, Goto and Ganesuke now are going to team up uh, on this show as well, and they're going to take on Soldier and Mineo Fujita, and. Um, Soldier and Goto, uh, they end up brawling uh, on the ramp of the Shinkiba uh, first ring, and with Goto throwing a table at Soldier, uh, Ganesuke would end up getting the win over Mineo Fujita, and um, afterwards, uh, Mr. Ganesuke and Soldier, they end up brawling uh, with, oh, you know, that's now going to be the main feud, Ganesuke and Soldier, with, with Mama Sasaki out, Soldier's now going to be pushed as like the top guy against Ganesuke. Uh, Tarzan Goto ends up making a challenge to Soldier um, for a match at a future WMF show to end the show. Next week in Shinkiba, Apache Army does a show on September 16th. What happens? So, High69, who is a Kai and Tai Dojo wrestler, um, he became a freelancer, and he's going to start working for the Apache Army regularly. Um, he So, he debuts on this show at... Um, for the Apache Army, and he ends up teaming with Hito in a match against uh, Ryuji Ito and Daisuke Sekimoto, and it's a bloody scramble bunkhouse uh, death match, um, and Hito ends up getting the win over Sekimoto. Um, I don't have clips or anything of this. Uh, I only have pictures to go off of. Um, but So High 69 is now going to be a regular for the Apache Army, uh, so he's joined the, the roster. So Goto Hippa holds another show in Sayatama with Mr. Ganesuke coming back on October 2nd. Tell us about it. 
So this is going to be like a five, uh, five, a series of five matches, singles matches, um, the, uh, between the heel side that's going on in the Goto promotion and the Tarzan Goto side. Um, Goto destroys uh, Gasaku all over the building in their match and just bloodies him up and gets the clean win over Gasaku. Um, Mr. Ganesuke easily defeats uh, Waku Shimizu, um, and he ends up making him tap out, so Ganesuke gets the win um, for the Tarzan Goto side. Uh, Soldier, who's the uh, on the heel side, he ends up defeating Minio Fujita with the Death Valley Driver to tie it up 2-2. And then uh, Oyama, who's on the babyface Goto side, he defeats uh, Batman Max on the heel side uh, when Tarzan Goto's valet ends up getting the ring and blowing a fireball at Batman uh, Max. And uh, so Oyama gets the win, so the Tarzan Goto side wins. And this is just a wacky... Small indie promotion, um, just what what the, with what they're doing, it's just um, you know, just it's just silly. Uh, a lot of the stuff they're doing. Uh, a guy in a gorilla mask ends up running into the ring. Um, eventually, Tarzan Goto uh, cleans the ring, and then um, they end up putting uh, one of Tarzan Goto's students um, on a crucifix, and they all take his uh, take all they take all his clothes and throw objects in his thong. So it's just it's just a goofy indie um, that it's I mean no not many people watched it um, it's not necessarily a good promotion by any means but it's some it they definitely try to do something different. So also on October second, Big Japan holds a fire death match at the Tokyo Harumi Outdoors. What happens at the show? So on this show, there's a match. Uh, with Jun Kasai and Jackie Numazawa against Ryuji Ito and Abdullah Kobayashi. The ring gets set on fire, and during this match, uh, Ito would end up grabbing a ball and chain, and he he sets it on fire, and he tosses the ball and chain at uh, Kasai and Numazawa, but then he ends up missing them. Uh, Kobayashi would end up getting a, a light tube on, and setting it on fire, and Ito would end up trying to send Kasai through the burning light tube, but Kasai would end up reversing it. Uh, Kasai and Jackie Numazawa would then get another light tube and set it on fire and break it across uh, Kobayashi's chest. Uh, Ito would end up doing a dive over the burning ropes to send Kasai through a table, uh, Kasai would come back and he would end up doing a Pearl Harbor splash on a burning light tube over Kobayashi. Um, they, they end up getting another chair and setting it on fire and, uh, Kobayashi would end up hitting a reverse fire thunder on Jackie Numazawa on the burning chair and, uh, Kobayashi would end up using a burning barbed wire bat and, and hitting an elbow drop to pin Numazawa to get the win. Well, so later that night, apparently another show happens on October 2nd uh, with the Apache Army, but at Corrigan Hall. What happens there? So Junkasai, who's just had this fire death match, he's all bloody, and he quickly heads out to Corrigan Hall. Well, he doesn't have time to shower or anything like that. So he comes to the ring still covered in blood. So, um... But he's going to have a, from the Big Japan match, but he's going to have a comedy match against Kikutaro. And so Kasai comes into the ring, and Kikutaro is freaking out that Kasai is coming to the ring in blood. So Kikutaro goes, hey, let's just have an arm wrestle match instead. Let's not fight. 
you know, you've just been through a lot. Let's just have an arm wrestling match. So Kasai gets down on the mat um, to have an arm wrestling match with Kikutaro. Well, Kikutaro attacks him, takes advantage of it. Um, eventually, Kasai would end up getting an easy win over Kikutaro with the Pearl Harbor Splash. I'm sure that was part of the deal. Hey, I'm going to have a fire death match uh, with, bar, you know, with, get sent through tables and, um, you know, have burning light tubes hit, hit, used against me. I'm going to have an easy match later that night. Um then there's uh, Mama Sasaki and Tetsuhiro Kuroda against Takamichinoku and Dick to go. And this is like a former FMW versus former Michinoku Pro match. Um, Kuroda would end up, end up doing a running lariat on Dick to go. Um, Mammoth would end up doing his Mammoth home run on Taka and then hitting an awesome bomb on Taka. But eventually, um, Taka would end up super kicking Mammoth in the face with a chair. Um, Kuroda and Mammoth would then accidentally clothesline each other, and Taka would end up rolling up Mammoth for the win. So the former Michinoku, two, uh, Michinoku Pro team gets the win over the former FNW team. And then in the main event... And then in the main event... Uh, Kentaro Kanemura teams up with Hito and High 69, and the big draw of this show uh, is his opponent, Toshiaki Kawada, who is making his Apache Army debut. And this show, by the way, did about a, uh, announced 1,051 fans, and I mean, I would imagine that's a legitimate crowd. Um, you know, obviously not great, but that's just what the what uh, the Apache Army is going to do at this point. And this is, by the way, obviously their first Corrigan Hall and only Corrigan Hall show of the year. So Toshiaki Kawada is going to team up with Tomiyaki Hama and Taichi Ishikari, so it's gonna be like this all Japan team against the Apache Army team. Um, you know, and like I said, Kawada's the big draw here, you know, going up against Kanemura for the very first time. So Kanemura and Kawada go at it with Kawada giving a high kick to, Kan to Kanemura in the face. Uh, Kawada would then end up giving ki uh, repeated kicks to Kanemura's head over and over. Kanemura would start striking Kawada, but eventually Kawada would come back with an even harder strike and then backdrop Kanemura. Um, Kanemura would then lay, sorry, Ka Kawada would then lay Kanemura out with a kick to the head. And to get the win, so Kawada pins Kanemura in their first match uh, against each other. Uh, Kanemura and Kawada would end up shaking hands afterwards, and Kawada would state that he wouldn't mind working uh, for the Apache Army in the future, which he would, I believe, one more time. Um, you know, Kawada around this time period, he is kind of a freelancer. He's working, you know, he, I think he's still all Japan wrestler at this point, but he's working other promotions like Hustle and IWA Japan, and Kanemura made him an offer that he was, um, you know, willing to take. And so, you know, he does work again. He doesn't work um, but, uh, an, another Apache Army show up until 2007. So it's going to be a little while before he does come back, actually. So how does the show go uh, that Mr. Pogo holds with WWS at the Takaoko Technodome on October 4th? So there's this match between Mr. Pogo and the Wolf, who I talked about last episode, this mass wrestler. Um, and, you know, Pogo's promotion is just... I like to talk about it just because of just how crazy what and what they're willing to do for these shows. It's um, it's definitely something different. Um, so Pogo and the Wolf they end up brawling to the outside. So they leave the building, and they end up brawling into a um, pretty much a grocery store right next door to the building. So Pogo ends up putting um, the Wolf in a shopping cart, and he ends up just um, pretty much taking him into the grocery store. So all these fans in the show are following Pogo and the wolf who is in a is in a shopping cart that's being carried off by Mr. Pogo. Pogo ends up going telling all the fans 
follow him to be quiet. Like, shh, because the, you can't just all, you know, all these people coming in just are going to disturb this grocery store. So while they're in this grocery store, Pogo ends up stopping and he ends up buying some drinks while he's there. They then go back to brawl. They, they, so Pogo drink, takes a couple drinks, um, and they end up going back in, outside into the uh, parking lot where they continue uh, brawling. Well, Pogo ends up blowing a fireball um, at the wolf, and they eventually, you know, fight back into the building, into the ring, and um, Pogo then blows another fireball at the wolf. Well, then another masked guy—I don't even know who he is—ends uh, up uh, going into the ring. And he ends up throwing powder at Mr. Pogo's face. And the wolf ends up rolling him up to get the win. So, again, it's just something, you know, Mr. Pogo's promotion, they're doing stuff that you don't really see every day. Um, you know, fighting outside on streets, into the lake, in grocery stores. So, it's definitely an interesting promotion. Um, and then the main event of this show is uh, Junkasai against Ricky Fuji in a Thumbtacks deathmatch Um you know, Ricky would end up slamming Kasai on the uh, on the thumbtacks, but eventually uh, Jun Kasai would end up hitting a German suplex on the thumbtacks, and he ends up hitting a Pearl Harbor slash to get the win. Um, so Jun Kasai would eventually become a regular for the WWS promotion as well. On October 6th at Corrigan Hall, how does the show go uh, between the Apache Army versus Ricky Pro? So this is going to be a Ricky Pro show on uh, at Corrigan Hall. You know, Kanemura had returned back into the ring from his uh, knee injury um, from th being out out of the ring for three months back on October 2nd. So now they're going to resume the feud uh, between Kanemura and the Apache Army against the Ricky Choshu side. Uh, and on this show, it's Kanemura, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and Hido taking on Ricky Choshu, Takashi Iwano, and Daisuke, Daisuke Sekimoto. Well, right away, the entire Apache Army attack Choshu and hold him down as Kanemura hits a senton on Choshu. Well, um, Choshu would end up hitting a lariat on Kanemura, and Kuroda would end up making the save with a chair shot to the back of Choshu. Uh, eventually, Hito would end up hitting a face buster on Iwano to get the win. So the Apache Army defeats the Riki Choshu Army. And all the Apache Army celebrate. And afterwards, uh, Kanemura de declares that the war between the Apache Army and the Riki Choshu side is over. They're no longer going to feud with Choshu. Um, they're going to now focus on... Uh, on a war with New Japan, and so Kanemura, you know, they got the win, so they declare, you know, the war is over between Choshu. They're now going to uh, focus on facing on a bigger promotion, uh, the New New Japan. So starting in 2006, the Apache Army will begin working with New Japan. Would you go over the two Hustle shows, one on October 27th at Corrigan Hall, and then the second on November 3rd at the Yokohama Arena? So Kanemura and uh, Masato Tanaka, they team up on October 27th at Corrigan Hall, and they take on Monster C, who I believe is Steve Carino. I know he was it was Steve Carino at, a, um, at least once. I don't know if it still is at this point, but um, Monster C and Giant Silva. And C and Kanemura, they're battling while doing the letter C throughout. So they're like taking breaks between fighting and doing a C um, and that's that's something that just got really over with Hustle. They did pretty much the entire promotion, just the fans chanting C uh, whenever Monster C would come out. Uh, they brought into the crowd, and Silva would end up sitting Kanemura through a table. Uh, Tanaka would end up grabbing a guitar and smashing it over C, and Kanemura would then end up getting the win with the senton over C. Well, then um, Tadeo uh, Usada... 
a former IWAGP, uh, IWGP uh, heavyweight champion, comes to the ring, and he goes after Tanaka and Kanemura. Um, well, then Tenru comes to the ring in his big Hayabusa outfit. So he's wearing the mask. Uh, Tenru's music place. It's not Hayabusa's music, so this is random. He comes out with his uh, the Hayabusa gear, his the Hayabusa mask, all oh, the face paint and everything. He comes in and... Uh, um, comes into the ring, and he tosses out both Kanemura and Tanaka and challenges them to a match the following week uh, at the Yokohama Arena. And so at the Yokohama Arena on November 3rd, it's Kanemura and Tanaka versus Tenru and uh, Yasuda, and it's just Tenru. There's no Hayabusa mask or anything like that. So it was real random why he had the Hayabusa gear when he came to the ring um, on October 27th. So this match is going to be for the Hustle Super Tag Team titles. Uh, Tanaka would end up sending Tenru through a table. Tenru would end up grabbing that broken table and smashing it over Kanemura's head and then begin chopping him. Well, then Tenru would try to Thunderfire Powerbomb Kanemura when uh, Tanaka would end up grabbing guitar and smashing it over Tenru's head. Uh, Kanemura would then go for a lariat, but Tenru would end up hitting him uh, with one instead, and then finishes off Kanemura with the 53 years old. So Tenru and Yusuda wins the Hustle Super Tag Team titles um, over Kanemura and Tanaka. And I've gone over Hustle before, where you know a show like this, Hustle the, at the Yokohama Arena, it, they're you know Kanemura and Tanaka, um, they're making big time money uh, more than pretty much anything else they're doing, and, and these shows are a lot easier for them as well. On November fifth, Apache Army does a show in a new location, Shinjuku Face. Tell us about it. So the Shinjuku Face just uh, opened up in two thousand five. So. Kind of like the Shinkiba first ring, it's going to be this promotion that in independent pr promotions run regularly. Uh, it's a little bigger than, Shin than Shinkiba first ring, so it holds about 650 fans or so. So, um, you know, just in 2005, the landscape changed a lot, and um, pretty much it became, you know, Corgan Hall, Shinjuku Face, and Shinkiba first ring. Um, and so this is the first show that the Apache Army would run at the building, um, and they would announce 423 fans for this show. Uh, it's Kentaro Kanemura, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, Mama Sasaki, and Hito. So it's like the FMW team, all the old FMW wrestlers against Takashi Sasaki, Jintaro, High 69, Daisuke Sekimoto, and Miyawaki. So it, um, it's just all Apache guys that never worked FMW. And it's a two out of three falls match. There's a really cool spot in this match where Daisuke Sekimoto um, ends up suplexing both Kanemura and Kuroda while they suplex Takashi Sasaki. Um, Hito would end up getting the first fall win over Takashi Sasaki. Uh, in the second fall, Jintaro ends up doing a Sasuke special, but uh, Kuroda would end up pinning Jintaro with a Tiger suplex to get a win, uh, the win for the FNW's team 2-0. Uh, um, so... You know, this was just a friendly competition between the Apache Army for this show. Matsunaga had been doing an angle, and Zero won the past couple of months, which had been nicknamed Stop the Matsunaga, which concludes on November 17th in Osaka. Can you go over what that was? So Zero One was doing this angle uh, going back in to June, June 30th, uh, where all the these um, established karate fighters... Uh, you know, Matsunaga had a uh, karate background going back to, you know, before he became a wrestler. Um, Mas Masashi Yagi, who was on the very first FNW show uh, against Onita in a pro wrestler versus karate match, you know, he's on this show as well. So, and they're taking on these young boy wrestlers. Um, 
And so on so on this show on June thirtieth, Matsunaga takes on Asamu Namaguchi, who I went over a couple episodes ago. He's this young boy for zero one. Um at this point he's a two year pro. Um and Matsunaga is just laying Namaguchi out with kicks. Uh when Namaguchi starts to fight back and he shows a little fire and he ends up throwing Matsunaga over the top rope. Well, Namaguchi then dives over the top rope and he misses Matsunaga. And something in Matsunaga just start like just he starts kind of reverting back to his deathmatch ways, and so Matsunaga ends up grabbing this spike and he cuts uh, Namaguchi open and just starts attacking Namaguchi with this spike. Well, the Zero One President Nakamura he comes in and he gets attacked by Matsunaga and stabbed as well. Um, Namaguchi comes over and suplexes Matsunaga. Um, but then Matsunaga ends up grabbing a light tube and smashing it over Namaguchi's head. And then he stabs him some more and gets the pin. So, you know, it's just kind of like Matsunaga trying to, I'm just going to do this karate fight. Well, you know, the deathmatch in me just came out. He got me pissed off. And now, you know, the 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 deathmatch ma- death master that Matsunaga is, you know, has came, has came back. Um... Well, he keeps stabbing Namaguchi when the Zero One roster comes out to make the save, including uh, Yoshihito Sasaki, who throws a chair at Matsunaga. Well, this sets up for July 31st, um, where before the show even starts, Matsunaga start uh, they zoom to a camera in the crowd where uh, Matsunaga's in the crowd attacking uh, Rikia Fudo, and he wraps his barbed wire device, uh, barbed wire device around his forehead. So that sets up a match on August 23rd at Shinkiba uh, between Matsunaga and uh, Rikia Fudo. Uh, and in this match, Fudo ends up powerbombing Matsunaga on a stack of chairs. But as he's going for the pin, Matsunaga sets a fireball in his face. And so Matsunaga gets the win again, just, you know, doing his deathmatch ways against the Zero One uh, teams, or against the Zero One wrestlers. So he then at- he then goes after Nakamura, the Zero One president, attacks him and bloodies him up when Kohei Sato comes in to make the save. Well, then that sets up a match on September 19th between Matsunaga and Kohei Sato. And during that match, uh, Matsunaga begins using a fork, cutting Sato's arm, and he won't let go. So he's just uh, stabbing at his arm, and Sato's arm is bleeding. The match ends up getting thrown out, and uh, Sato's partner, Hirotaka Yokoi, ends up making the save. Well, then that sets up a match uh, with Matsunaga and Yokoi on October 9th at Corrigan Hall. And Matsunaga ends up going low and... uh, on Yokoi, and he ends up getting his fork out, and he begins stabbing uh, Yokoi um, with it. Well, Yokoi ends up wrapping barbed wire around his boxing glove, and he starts punching Matsunaga in the face with the barbed wire. Well, Matsunaga would end up throwing powder in Yokoi's face, and uh, he ends up wrapping a chain around Yokoi's throat, and he ends up choking Yokoi out for the win, so Matsunaga defeats Yokoi, well then Yoshihito Sasaki makes the save for Yokoi, because um, Matsunaga won't stop choking him out, so Sasaki makes the save, and that sets up on November 17th, and no ropes barbed wire double hell deathmatch, and this is an awesome match, um, it really helps put Sasaki over, um, Sasaki would end up picking Matsunaga up and dropping him into the barbed wire, and then he does a dive to the outside. Um, Sasaki would end up trying to powerbomb Matsunaga, but he would um, end up flipping Sasaki into the spider net barbed wire. Uh, Matsunaga would eventually begin stabbing Sasaki in the 
ahead with the fort. Um, so Sasaki is just covered in blood during this match. Sasaki would end up fighting back and uh, knocking Matsunaga outside and slamming him inside uh, or onto the um, to a barbed wire board on him, tossing the barbed wire board on him. And then Matsunaga would end up coming back and um, he pulls out these pliers and he begins pulling Sasaki's ear with these pliers. And then he ends up powerbombing uh, Yoshihiro Sasaki into the spider net. Well, uh, Sasaki would end up fighting back and coming back, uh, coming back and trying to uh, German suplex Max Sanaga, who ends up pulling out, uh, but he ends up pulling out his spike, and uh, Mats- and then Sasaki would mo- Sasaki would end up moving out of the way, and Matsunaga would end up spiking his own leg, so he cuts his own leg with the spike, um, and that would lead to Yoshihito Sasaki hitting a Death Valley bomb on the spider net. Uh, barbed wire to get the win over Matsunaga. So this is Yoshihito Sasaki's biggest win of his career. Like I said, it's an awesome match. It was an awesome angle that was Zero One did that, you know, it took about, they built it up, built it up, built it up to finally have Yoshihito Sasaki defeat Matsunaga. And like I said, it was a really awesome angle that not too many people really remember these days, but, um, you know, it's something, you know, the young boy, the young guy that started up in FNW, defeating an FNW legend, pretty much, and you know, haven't after he's been destroying everyone else for the last five months in the promotion. On November twenty third, the Apache Army holds a show at the Chiba Blue Field. Uh, what happens? So this was a show promoted by Jun Kasai, um, but he's been out. He's out with an injury at this point. I don't know the exact details, but it looks like. I mean, he's got a hole below his belly button. It looks even kind of like a gunshot wound. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the exact details. But he was out for a little while as a result. Um, but he's promoting this show, um, and the main event is uh, Mama Sasaki, Takashi Sasaki, and Yoshihito Sasaki. So the three Sasakis against Masato Tanaka, Kentaro Kanemura, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda, uh, the FNW team, um, and this. Is going to be a spider net death match, uh, spider net barbed wire death match as well. Um, Tanaka would end up suplexing Yoshihito Sasaki into the uh, the bar the spider net barbed wire, uh, and then Kanemura would end up power bombing Takashi Sasaki off the ramp into the ring onto a barbed wire board. Uh, Tanaka would end up hitting a rolling elbow on Mama Sasaki, and Kuroda would then follow that up with hitting a shining wizard, and Kentaro Kanemura would then end up hitting a senton splash on the barbed wire board to get the win, get the pinfall over Mama Sasaki. And then afterwards, Jun Kasai's music would end up playing, and he would come out, and he's got a haircut at this point. It's just, he's got, um, you know, pretty much just shaved his head, uh, essentially, and he comes out, like I said, with the haircut, and he's got a suit on. Um, and then eventually the whole roster would end up coming out. And um, Kasai would end up getting on uh, Jackie Numazawa's shoulders as uh, everyone would end up doing the Team No Respect dance to end the show. The last Goto Epa show for 2005 would occur at the Saitama Independent Music Arena on November 27th. Um, what goes on there? Uh, Tarzan Goto would end up teaming up with Mr. Ganoski again, and they also team up with Kuragaki, who um, was this really cheap imitated Hayabusa uh, ripoff that Onita had been using on his undercards a couple years earlier. So, um, you know, but he's got kind of the mask and the pants. Um, and they're going to take on Gasaku, Batman X, and Ricky Fuji. Um, Goto would end up beating and bloodying uh, uh, Gasaku during the match. Well, um, Go- 
Tarzan Goto's valet would end up interfering, and she would um, end up blowing fireball, uh, blowing a fireball at uh, Batman X, but it would end up coming back and uh, getting into her face. So she blows the fireball, the fireball just comes right back, and so she's got fire all over her face. Um, and then eventually Tarzan Goto would end up getting the win uh, over Batman X with the face buster. So the next day, Mr. Pogo would hold a WWS show in Gunma. Um, what happens there? So Mr. Pogo takes on Gisaku Gashiguera. It's going to re- be a rematch of the August 27th show uh, at the WM- uh, the, that WMF had had previously. And it's going to be a barbed wire match also. Um, Pogo would end up cutting open Gisaku's arm with a knife. And then he ends up using his sickle to the back of uh, Gisaku. Um, and, and by the way, this is a... Um, Mr. Pogo, Gosaku is dressed up completely as Mr. Pogo, so it's like uh, Mr. Pogo versus Mr. Pogo for this show. Um, Pogo would end up blowing fire a uh, fireball, and then uh, eventually Pogo would end up choking out uh, Gosaku with a chain for the win. Um, you know, like like I said, Pogo's never actually going to lose to Gosaku. Chakobal Makai promotes his own show at the Shinjuku Face on December second. What happens at the show? So, Chakobal Mukai would have a match against Yuki Ishikawa. Um, you know, Chakobal had been wrestling Ishikawa for the, um, the last couple years and wanting to prove Ishikawa that he, you know, knows this battle art style wrestling, that he's trained in kind of the shoot, file, uh, shoot style fighting. Uh, and so he has this match against Ishikawa. Um, he ends up knocking Ishikawa down with some strikes, but Ishikawa would end up catching one of Chakobal's kicks and then delivering a German suplex on Choco Ball, and eventually uh, making the referee stop uh, stop the match when he uh, places when he puts an armbar on Choco Ball. Um, they end up hugging, and eventually Hayabusa would come out, and they would do uh, Hayabusa's catchphrase to end the show. Oh, there's a show called Indie Summit on December 9th at Corrigan Hall. Can you go over what that was? So this show was kind of the beginning of the. Uh, it's December 9th, but on you know it would eventually become the New Year's Eve independent um, show held at Corrigan Hall every year, where you know they would, which you know most people know, um, they run a long a large. Uh, show that will be like a tournament or something like that that goes past midnight so that they can all celebrate the New Year's. Um, you know, and it's all these different promotions. Now it's mostly just Big Japan and DDT. Um, but back then, you know, it was kind of like this uh, independent uh, dream uh, match show um, and, you know, where all these different promotions are running. Uh, and for this show, there's it's a Big Japan versus Apache Army sh- match on the show with Ryuji Ito, Abdullah Kobayashi, and Jackie Numazawa against Hito, Takashi Sasaki, and Mammoth Sasaki. Uh, Mammoth would end up awesome bombing Jackie Numazawa th- on a light tube, and then but eventually uh, Ryuji Ito would end up hitting uh, a dragon splash on Takashi Sasaki for the win. So this was, like I said, just kind of the beginning of the whole New Year's Eve show at Corrigan Hall, even though it wasn't actually on New Year's Eve. And then at Tokyo New Battlesphere, WMF holds their last show for the year on December 25th. Can you go over it? 
So um, I talked about with the Battlesphere uh, that the WMF was no longer running it. And, you know, no promotion was no longer running. This sh they pretty much closed the, the building down because so many people were complaining in the neighborhood because the building was just in a regular neighborhood. And so many people were complaining that the rest, well, not only was there, you know, bad parking and just the crowded area of uh, people coming to a wrestling building in just a regular neighborhood, but also you had all these wrestlers fighting outside. And I talked about last episode where Ganasuke and Mama Sasaki, they brawled outside um, a, down the street into somebody's house, uh, you know, up their steps on their property and everything. So the, the, the neighbors all got together to shut the building down. Well, the company that was um, running the building would end up finding another building to hold wrestling shows at. And so they named it the New Battlesphere. But on this show... Um, Gonsuke and Garuda. So Garuda is back with WMF, um, you know, as a freelancer. Um, Gonsuke is willing to bring him in for a couple shows. They team up. Um, but the main event is Tarzan Goto against Soldier. And Goto and Soldier, they end up brawling um, all over the building. And Soldier would end up lariating, uh, hitting a lariat four times on Tarzan Goto um, before knocking him down finally. So that's just, you know, putting Gar Tarzan Goto over of this is how many times it takes for you to knock me down. Um, Goto would end up, uh, hit, would end up hitting a lariat multiple times on Soldier, uh, before pinning Soldier to get the win. So Goto's obviously going to defeat the younger Soldier. Um, Goto's, uh, valet would end up spitting fire at Soldier and again, the fire would come back and hit her in the face. And this one looks nasty too with like the fireball just right in her face. Um, but afterwards, uh, soldier gets on the mic microphone and he announces that he is starting up his new, a, a new heel group in WMF. And it's going to be called the new generation army. And it's going to consist of Gasaku, uh, Mineo Fujita and Kinji Sarawagi or Sar Saragi, who is best known, um, today as Kamui and freedoms. Um, so, and he was a WMF dojo boy at the time who'd just been wrestling for the last, uh, less than a year or so. So it's going to be, you know, the new guys, the, the new young boys, as well as Gasaku be the top heels going up against the Ganasuke, um, babyface side to, uh, go into 2006. And finally, there's a New Year's Eve show on 1231 on December 31st at the Shinkiva First Ring. What happens? So there's this match with, um, and you know, I just talked about the Indie Summit show. Um, so this was kind of the very beginning of new, an actual New Year's Eve show happening, but it was actually at the Shinkiba First Ring. Um, you know, they went, this show went past midnight, so they celebrated New Year's um, during this show. And there's a match, Ricky Fuji, Onryo, and Apple Miyuki against uh, Naoshi Sano, uh, Goemon, and Soldier. And um, it's an elimination match. Uh, Apple uh, Miyuki would end up eliminating both Onryo and Goemon, um, and then she would end up pinning Naoshi Sano. So then Mayuki is all excited that she just pinned Sano. She goes right after Soldier, who picks her up and drops her on her face and gets uh, the pinfall over her to eliminate her. That leaves Soldier versus Ricky Fuji as the last two men standing. Uh, Soldier goes to pick up Ricky Fuji for a BUU. Ricky ends up uh, getting out of it, but then Soldier would counter with a lariat and end up pinning Ricky Fuji. So Soldier gets the win in the elimination match, and afterwards, uh, Ricky Fuji gets on the mic, and they're about to count down uh, for the new year, and um, he ends up 
trying to convince me Apple Miyuki to uh, pull down her pants and moon the crowd. She teases like she's going to and then decides not to. Um, then all the wrestlers get in the ring from the show, and Ricky ends up counting down to the new year and the start of 2006. All right. Well, now that we've gone over all of the shows for the year, uh, do you mind doing a, a recap and reviewing over for us uh, the significant changes or occurrences that happened in 2005? Yeah, 2005 was this awkward year for Japanese wrestling, especially Japanese independent scene. Um, but it's definitely kind of was the beginning of what uh, t today's scene is. You know, I may mention how Shinjuku Face started up and uh, the independent promotion started running Shinkiba First Ring a lot more. You know, Corrigan Hall uh, wasn't getting used as much as a result. You know, um, you know, Apache Army only ran it one time this year. Uh, WMF. No, in no way have the finances to run um, set, uh, Corrigan Hall anymore. And that's just kind of what um, the independent scene has become where, you know, Corrigan Hall is now like the big, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of ways a big show for uh, the promotion, whereas, you know, just even a couple years ago it was you run Corrigan Hall every year, or sorry, every month to just kind of set up for a bigger show. And in a lot of cases, you know, Corrigan Hall now has become the big show for promotions. And that's just what a lot of um, the Japanese wrestling uh, in Independent promotions are at this point, you know, today as well, like Freedoms, like Corrigan Hall is the big show that they try and run for a couple times a year. Uh, and in between, they'll run Shinkiba. But, you know, so that was a big change with how, um, you know, the, with how everything has become just because there's just, you know, a lot of promotions. This is a really... Um, bad time period for Japanese wrestling. You know, um, all the promotions are struggling at this point and trying their best to just keep their head over uh, over the over uh, their head over water at this point. So um, you know, it's definitely a very interesting year. It's also a very forgotten year. Not many people really re uh, remember it or think very much about it. Um, you know, but like I said, it's a very interesting year. Um, you know, especially when it comes to just all the you know, this, like I said, the beginning of the changes, especially with, you know, how WMF and Apache Army are now are completely separated and going their separate ways. Um, you know, the Apache Army, there's there's some interest there, and like I said, they can they can run Corrigan Hall. WMF at this point is just running to um, keep people having jobs at this point. They're not doing that great. They're only able to run, um, you know, Shinkiba at this point. There's never going to be a Corrigan Hall show for them or any big show or big building for them going forward. Um, so that's just kind of what the uh, scene is at this point going into 2006. Awesome. Well, can you give us an update on Onita with his surgery and how his condition is currently? Yeah. Um, so I talked about last episode how um, he, uh, you know, there's that possibility of him getting a, a double knee replacement surgery because of just how bad off his knees are, um, you know, going back to 1983 when he originally in uh, injured his knee. Well, he decided to uh, get double knee replacement surgery. Uh, he got it back on uh, February 21st. He ran. He held. Uh, well, he wrestled on two shows in February, and then including the uh, Giant Baba Memorial show, um, and and then got surgery. And so right now, um, 
you know, he's just in a hospital bed uh, trying to relearn how to walk, and the doctors told him he probably won't be able to rest or won't be able to walk regularly for about four months. Um, that obviously um, makes, you know, he won't be able to wrestle at the spring break show. Um, but also, you know, he said he was planning on going to the show. I don't know how that's going to work really with, you know, when he still won't even be able to walk regularly. So unless, you know, he plans on making it to, you know, going on a plane and, you know, making it to America while in a wheelchair I you know I I find it very difficult for him to be able to do it but we'll see um, but yeah so right now he's just pretty much relearning how to walk and you know he's got two nasty scars and um, it you know he's in a lot of pain right now but he you know he wants to make a comeback and um, Kiji Muto got a similar surgery about a year ago um, at this time and he still hasn't came back so I mean I wouldn't be shocked if it takes a year or so or year plus really to for Onita to be able to make it back into the ring but he definitely wants to at this point and finally remind people of uh, how they can find you you can find my website at fnwwrestling.us. Uh, that's the website I've been covering FNW-related stuff for the last 20 years, news, results. Um, I also sell FNW and Freedoms and all the other post-FNW promotion DVDs and MP4s if you are interested in that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BahuFNW where I post the latest news and results. You can find me on Instagram at BahuFNWWorld where I go through all my Japanese wrestling magazines and post FNW-related pictures. And then on YouTube, Brett FMW, that's um, the same name as the old account. My um, old account was taken down not too long ago. Uh, I, so I started up a brand new one where I've uh, reposted all the career music videos and every episode of the history of FMW with the highlights of what we're talking about, including this newest episode. So if you're just listening to it, um, you can find it on YouTube just by searching Brett FMW or the history of FMW. And um, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us and putting up with me. We will be back again next time um, with 2006 as the Apache Army starts the year off invading New Japan. You got to keep them separated. Separated. <laughs>